Welcome back to another episode of Stories from Mountain Town. Uh, today with me, I have Eden Morris. Eden, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Um, and Eden, tell them, just start it off so I don't miss anything up. Tell a little bit about yourself, like what you do and what, what you wanted to come to talk about today. I guess I would say my name is Eden Morris. I'm a registered dietitian in Jackson, Wyoming. I'm a former collegiate athlete turned mountain athlete. And mm-hmm. now my goal is to help people perform not just in athletics or active adventures, but throughout their life. So I try to get people to shift their mindset in a way that focuses on performance beyond just the next active endeavor. Yeah. And I work with people all over the country with telehealth. That's kind of what the you know the pandemic has given us. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's it's taken off. I started my business last year, even though I became a dietitian in 2015. <laughs> um, but I recognized there was a need in this town and decided to go for it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And you are actually the second, wait, you said dietitian. I think we've had another, I don't know if she called herself a dietitian or if she's like fully certified in that yet, but Maddie, crap. Maddie something. <laughs> she was also a nutritionist and a fresh into the business. But yeah, so second nutritionist here on the pod. And I'm going to look this up because I would feel really bad if I didn't. Yeah, while her. you're looking it up, I can tell you the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian. That'd be great. So a nutritionist, I think of it as a very general term for somebody that has some training in nutrition. Um, you can take an online course and become a nutritionist. Not saying that there aren't people that are more qualified than that. But to call yourself a registered dietitian is very restricted like you have mm-hmm. to get a graduate degree or an undergraduate degree with certain courses and curriculum and then you have to do an internship and then sit for a national exam and then also become licensed in the state to practice medical nutrition therapy mm-hmm. so that means if somebody has a chronic condition you can prescribe a nutrition pattern to treat that condition mm-hmm. a nutritionist cannot do that a registered dietitian can mm. so i am licensed in wyoming to practice nutrition i'm also licensed in texas and georgia kind of my path to get here <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so that's kind of the basic difference between the two yeah awesome yeah it was maddie maddie miller she started a company here recently too it's it just nutrition not dietitian yet but it's all focused on like it's more like women like mm-hmm. female focused i kind of love this like I, what i recognize with what i do like this there's not a lot of dietitians in town there's not a lot of nutritionists but mm. i like that we all are kind of specializing in these different areas like i don't want to just pick women I want to work with like people in all different areas, but I kind of like seeing where they're picking their niche. Yeah. And it's always different than mine. And I'm like, cool, we're not competing, which yeah. we wouldn't be anyway. I'm much more about like collaborating with people than competing with them, but that's really cool. Good for her. Way to yeah. work with women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hers was all from, um, like she had some like, uh, hormonal yeah. issues that like she found, uh, solutions for in a diet change Mm -hmm. and so that's where she like got inspired to start this thing because she's like i bet there's other people that are going through the same thing and i can help with that yeah um but yeah more about you um (laughs) so you were just saying you've this is now your sixth or fifth sixth podcast yes this is my sixth podcast since august yeah that's awesome and it's all and it's like a wide range of like styles of podcasts that you're just saying like yeah one was like uh, runners for God or something yeah. one was like a women in leadership. And then this one's like random. <laughs> so the first one I did was called in the flow nutrition. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jackson long. That's a great podcast. That was the first one. And he does, he's a vegan athlete, but he's also a junior Nordic ski coach and Nordic cycling coach out in sun Valley. Mm-hmm. And 
he just picks really amazing topics. He talks about things that we experienced as athletes ourselves. And we both talked about female athlete triad and relative energy deficiency in sport. And just also the mindset behind being a mountain athlete and he'll ask me questions like, Hey, how do I handle this situation with a parent? And I'm like, Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> I, co- parents are scary. I know that because yeah. I was an athlete, you know? And yeah. so that was the first one. And then, yeah, the second one was health in the hole with Laura Wright, which was highlighting health professionals within Jackson hole, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. She, uh, I was recommended to her by Max Martin, who's a friend of mine. And then I was on the Jackson hole connection with Stephan Abrams and that same th- same type thing. Just, he's trying to highlight how much we have in common in yeah. the Valley and then, yeah, the Run for God one came because the host is in Cahutta, Georgia, where I grew up, mm-hmm. tiny town in North Georgia. And he knows my mom. And so he reached out to me on Facebook and I was on that one. And yeah. then the last one was called Torch. And it's about women in leadership throughout the country. And the host knows a friend of mine who I used to work with at Central Wyoming. Well, I worked at the Center for the Arts. And the contact that I knew that recommended me to this host is the director of their culinary program. And so it's her Mm sister-in-law. And so she was in town visiting for Christmas and she was like, oh my God, this girl will be a great guest. And so I I look back on December, I'm like, six podcasts since August? Do people just like to hear me talk? (laughs) I don't don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you're just making the rounds to get your word out there. Yeah. And yeah, I was looking at your social media. It's so uh, like... It's so you get so many different topics that you're going into. Like you do yeah. like a little workout video, then you're like posting a, a thing about kale on the podcast. Yeah, and yeah. then you're like out skiing uh, yeah. like somewhere, and I'm like, whoa, she's like doing a lot. I think what I want people to see is that like it's not just about food; it's about this entire picture in my mm. life, and sometimes it's the mindset, but also it's like I still strength train. Yeah, I might ski, but I still, like, we haven't gotten a lot of snow lately. So I'm like, I don't feel like going and skiing on crust. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to work out instead. And then I might show what I eat after. But there's so many other dietitians out there that do the infographics and they post their food. But I don't have good lighting in my apartment. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what else can I do? Well, you know, just kind of highlight what I do with my daily life. And I know maybe I don't do the most epic things in Jackson to people here, but people that don't live here see what I do or if my friends have that have known for years they're yeah. like wow that's so epic I don't even know what ski touring is but wow that's really cool and yeah so I kind of like to show it all yeah I totally get those responses as well most of my audience is in Minnesota just from that that's where I grew up mm-hmm. so I'll do like a glory lap and they right. think it's like this crazy thing and it's 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 really cool but it's like for most people living in Jackson that's just like a Tuesday yeah exactly or something yeah yep <laughs> or like that's just their morning before mm-hmm. work yep that's awesome or like yesterday I was at the village and I was skiing and then I, uh, I was like, okay, I got to take a break. I got to take a uh, phone call. I have a video chat with a client, you know, and then I go like, take a break and then I come right back out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is my Tuesday. Yeah. And that's like a pretty common thing. I have to, to, to my clients out there. I have done that to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think we they know do. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what did, um, take it back to like when you decided to start getting into nutrition and dietitian stuff. Why did you want to get into this? So I actually majored in psychology at Texas A&M. I wanted to be a psychologist. Gig'em? Isn't that the thing? Thanks and gig'em. Gig'em. Yeah. Yeah. What does uh, that mean? um, (laughs) So there's Texas A&M has this really rich history and tradition. And there was this yell leader that said something about they were going to play the horn frogs, the TCU horn frogs. And when you're like going to catch a frog, you you, gig the frog. Uh-huh. And so the yell leader said something like, let's gig those horn frogs, you know, and he like put up his thumb and 
that's where it came from and so it's like just kind of like a greeting now yeah. at Texas A&M and there's always I there was this t-shirt there that I always really liked sorry to anybody that's from University of Texas listening but uh, there was a shirt at A&M that said I'd always rather be number one they'd hold up the thumb mm-hmm. than number two yeah and do the longhorn sign yeah. I'm like yeah I'd rather be first you know? yeah. <laughs> um but when I was at Texas A&M I I don't know it just wasn't the right fit for me from the beginning I before I went to Texas A&M, I got my strength and conditioning program in the mail, like my senior year. And I just really took to it. And I lost about 20 pounds, but I felt great. And I didn't have this altered relationship with food. I was fine. I felt strong. I felt fast. And I showed up as a freshman and the feedback that I got was just the last thing I needed to hear. It was Mm -hmm. basically, you don't look like the athlete that we recruited. Mm. And so I would say that's oh. where something switched in my head. And I was like, well, how do I look the way that they want me to? What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And my freshman year, I was all over the map. I was very homesick. I just, I gained weight because I was trying to be more muscular, but it wasn't the right kind of just, yeah, I was slow. I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And so the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, I went home and trained really hard again. And then got back to kind of my baseline and I came in at the, and you would have meetings with your coach at the beginning and end of each semester. And I sat down with her and I was like, what can I do to get on the field? What can I do? And she said, I need you to get stronger and or faster. And it just felt so unfair because when I showed up as a freshman, I was the strongest and fastest I'd ever been. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what am I not doing? You know, I, I don't know. Well, I guess I'm not taking my nutrition seriously enough. Mm -hmm. And so I actually started doing extra workouts on top of the team workouts. A lot of uh, other athletes do. We'd be like, oh, that's the girl that jumps rope all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I still jump rope. But um, yeah, I read this book by Tony Gonzalez, you know, who used to play for the Falcons. And he co-wrote it with a dietitian that used to work for the Kansas City Royals and the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was, there was really good advice in the book. Mm -hmm. But the problem with athletes is we can be a little bit too obsessive about things and take things to the extreme. Mm -hmm. And I just started eating I just, I don't know, I just became really restrictive with certain foods and I wouldn't eat like dessert hardly ever. And if I did, it was because I hadn't had it. I would have like binge behaviors around it and then I'd want to get rid of it and just started this really unhealthy disordered eating cycle. Mm-hmm. And I ended up just not providing my body with enough energy to support the extra workouts and the team workouts. And I lost my period. I didn't have a period for three years. Whoa. Which is actually the misconception is that, oh, that just means you're athletic. No, it actually means you're not taking in enough energy for hormone production, which is why you don't have a period. And so by my senior year, I just had so many chronic injuries. I had shin splints that just never went away. Those are terrible. Yeah. I've I've had those before. Yeah. I have a bone dent in my shin from my bones just becoming like slowly more brittle. Mm -hmm. Like my bone mineral density was going down and I I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Um, And yeah, my senior year I was diagnosed with osteopenia, which is the precursor to osteoporosis. And that's unheard of to happen in a 22 year old. Yeah. That's, that should not happen. Mm -hmm. And I was with this orthopedic and he was telling me like all these injuries that I had. And it's like, okay, you've got hip deterioration. You don't have any cartilage in either your knees. I was a catcher. Okay. (laughs) Um, You have this, you know, this shin problem. You have crepitus, like severe cracking in like crippling. It just like sounds like terrible noise. Like when I do a squat, it just is like, (laughs) it sounds awful. Um, Some ankle injuries, like a foot injury. He's like, your body's just breaking down. And I remember starting to read about, the other symptoms and putting it all together 
And I can remember the chair I was sitting in at Texas A&M. And I was like, this should never happen to an athlete. And mm-hmm. so it's like, what can I do? I was like, well, I'm going to go prevent this somehow. What does that mean? Okay, well, this stemmed from me not eating enough. And even though I wanted to do the right things, I was thought I was eating healthy. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go prevent it. And so I found this professor at Georgia State that was working with gymnasts and figure skaters to prevent what happened to me mm-hmm. from happening to them. And female athlete tried is what it was. That's what, that was the diagnosis. And it's been expanded to include male athletes now. It's called relative energy deficiency in sport. Mm. And it happens in a lot of lean body athletes. So I was kind of this anomaly. Like softball players don't usually have this. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of why it slipped through the cracks of like the, I don't know, the team doctors and the dietitians at Texas A&M. It's, it wasn't normal for a softball player to have this. It was more like, you know, the divers or the cross country runners. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I went and got my master's in Atlanta. And when I was doing my internships, I was like, well, I don't really want to be a sports dietitian. They, they just work with teams and then they don't have time to really make a difference. And so I went after my master's and I, uh, I started working in clinical. So I worked in hospitals. I worked at Grady hospital, which is the main hospital in Atlanta. And I actually really liked that degree. I mean that job. And then when, uh, me and my ex-husband moved to Dallas, I worked at a regional hospital there and I hated it. And so I just totally burned out. I was like, I picked the wrong career. And so I actually took a big break from nutrition from like 2017 to 2020. (laughs) Um, I always personally cared about it. And I, you know, I would keep up my continuing education and maintain my licensure in the states that I'm licensed. It was like, maybe I'll get back into it one day. Yeah. And now, you know, I, I got laid off last year from the Center for the Arts. I mean, there were no events happening. Yeah. And so I had actually wanted to start my own private practice in 2018. I uh, noticed that a lot of rock climbers that I was climbing with wouldn't eat enough carbohydrates before they would be trying to send a project. Mm -hmm. And I was like, people just think that because they're lean, that they know what to do, you know? And I was, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, they're athletic. They know what to do. Yeah. They don't. No. (laughs) But um, it wasn't the right time. And then I moved here and, you know, I got laid off and I was like, now is the time. I got the time to be creative and I'm going to do it. And yeah, yeah, it's been really cool. I, um, I do care about sport performance, but I think the thing I talk about the most with clients is their mindset behind why they eat or don't eat certain foods. Mm -hmm. And that's way more fun to me than just giving somebody their macronutrient ranges and how much protein they should eat. And yeah, it's more fun to talk to about the mindset behind why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with, yeah, I think with nutrition, something that a lot of people have issues with is just like we're hearing so many conflicting things from like legitimate sources Mm -hmm. like one day it's saying like you know you see the documentary on netflix that saying uh, all athletes are vegans (laughs) and the best athletes are vegans you need to be vegan and then like because of that i'm a joe rogan fan too he had the guy that made that documentary debate with a guy who's just more about like a balanced animal food diet and then they basically just yelled at each other for three hours and it's like well now i don't know anything (laughs) yeah so it's like what do we eat what are we supposed to be doing yeah i mean it's really simple i think that we want to make it more complicated the the usual thing i see with almost all clients is that they don't eat enough throughout the day like their timing is usually off Mm -hmm. and they end up backloading their calories Mm -hmm. and i did that like i did that as an athlete so i get it uh but yeah like usually eat every three to four hours 
eat plants, eat a wide variety of foods. If you eat animal products, cool. If you don't, I'm not going to, I don't know, say you're eating better than somebody else. You have to find what works for you. Uh, Limit alcohol. I mean, I love beer, but I mean, it does alter my sleep. It's Mm -hmm. get adequate sleep. It's not, it doesn't have to be complicated, but I think we keep seeing these trends like you're talking about. I cannot tell you how many times I've been asked about the ketogenic diet or intermittent yeah. fasting. And I'm like, Ugh. And they're like extreme trends. It's yes. never like a, it's yeah. never like it's a not like a simple trend. change that you can yeah. I'm like, why don't we do the simple things first? Yeah. It's never like drink a little <laughs> bit less or it's never right. like, it's never like just have some more green stuff. Yeah. It, that's, that's actually what I do with clients. So we actually do more of the simple things. Mm-hmm. We're like, you don't have to do anything extreme, yeah. you know, but people think they do. Yeah, they think if you're not fully vegan, you're not healthy. Or if yeah. you're not fully carnivore diet, you're not right. healthy. Yeah, and I mean, I, just to be transparent, I don't really, I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian. I don't eat a ton of red meat, mm-hmm. but that's because personally, it doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell somebody to not eat it. I will say, make sure your cholesterol levels are, you know, in check. Yeah. Um, it do, I will say genetically, I know some people that have high cholesterol and going more plant-based does help with that with them, but that's not Mm -hmm. true for everyone. And that's, I think the really frustrating thing about nutrition and psychology, they're more soft sciences and you have to approach each person as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the influencers, the people, whatever that have voices, they want to make like just a blanket statement because it's, I believe in this. So that means everybody that I'm talking to should also do this. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah. When I've been, you know, I'm, I have, I played football in college, like I told you. So just have an understanding of like what works nutritionally and like exercise for myself. I've I got a good handle on that. What works for you? Well, I was going to say, like, <laughs> I, I kind of have this hypothesis, which could be totally fucking bullshit because I don't know anything really about nutrition. Um, but uh, I've been trying to, I think sometimes we should think about um, like where your ancestry came from mm-hmm. and then like, try to base a diet somewhat around that makeup, right? If like, like I'm, I, I'm German and Norwegian. So like, I'll take the Norwegian side. If I was going to like fish, it works really well for me. Like I enjoy fish. I feel really good after I eat it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, or if I went on the flip side and did like, you know, maybe a diet that was something more that someone near like um, the equator might eat like, a lot of like fruit all the time and like i mean i don't really know what they eat but you know know what i'm saying yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for some reason i kind of have a thought that like you know this body is was basically how it functions now is the same as it functioned for like thousands of years and what happened it formed that way eating a certain thing or certain things like in germany and in ireland and norway yeah so try to give it that stuff Uh, to that point i guess i would say i do think that we should eat more regionally like think about where mm-hmm. we live and what will give us energy in the backcountry. and a lot of those things might be similar to what norwegians are eating mm-hmm. and people yeah that are skiing in the alps like they're good i uh I, when i looked up like backcountry skiing uh nutrition some of those patterns come up and it's like you need energy dense foods and sometimes it's yeah. charcuterie and it's fish charcuterie. and it's yeah, sardines and it's like these weird things and I'm like, okay, but it's true. Like you yeah. need energy, like dense foods when you're out in the back country. Yeah. And you also need to find things that don't freeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I would say that may, I don't know if it, if I would go back as far as like my ancestry and how they eat, I would just think about like more of the region where I live yeah. and I kind of want to eat more in a way that, 
is sustainable for me and also supports the community I'm in. Yeah. Eat slow and eat local. Are you familiar with uh, Teton Slow Food? People? I want to get more involved with them. I will eventually. Yeah. I can connect you. We through, through still works. One like, of my interns volunteers for them. Oh yeah. So, awesome. Like, I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're great. They have a great mission. Just like let local producers produce and then, mm-hmm. you know, as consumers find those local producers and connect consumers to them. Yeah. And eat them. And I think that's really good for us to know in our community. Like who are some of our makers? Who are farmers? Mm-hmm. Like it's good for us to know those people. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing that I'm really sad about with the pandemic is like, I didn't really feel comfortable necessarily going to the farmer's market or, or I mean like some of those makers weren't there as much. And just, I'm like, I just really want us to go back to normal. So I feel like I can show up and feel more community, like involved in my community. And that's one way that I can. Yeah. Yeah. We're, Taylor and I were just talking last night. Like, is there like a local, like, baker that just will do like nice fancy breads but it's local and she was like i think they do that at like the people's market i'm like well i don't know when that's gonna happen again i know they do have a winter one usually but i don't do know if they're doing it this year <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah that's been that has been there tough. is a bread share have you guys heard of that no uh, bread share. I, i'll have to get more on that one for you but i'm, I'm pretty sure that's like within <laughs> season i think that's who the, who does it but yeah there's a bread share that you can subscribe to and <laughs> Yeah, I think they're, I know about that because a guy that I dated, his cousins, uh, yeah, in season, in season offers summer bread share. Yeah. Winter bound. Yeah. Season dishing too. Nice. Sweet. But see, this is the thing. It's like this, we do have these local things and sometimes it's just, you got to look for them a little bit more, but yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, they do like the owners of that do like a food truck and do really great pizzas at events and stuff. They would be at music on main oh, yeah. and they would do weddings and yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. We get to look this up after. Yeah. Great. Bread share. Um, www.inseasonjh.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we just, I love that, that we live in Jackson and that, we, there's so many people here who value small producers right. and local producers. Mm-hmm. And then so that creates an uh, environment where there can be a lot of them and there's really good options. Yeah. And I don't, I, and maybe that's just a small town feel um, or maybe it's like just special to us. I'm not really sure, but I think that yes, it's special to Jackson, but one of the things I've been thinking about over the past month is the sense of community. Like mm-hmm. what keeps me in Jackson and Yes, we all moved here because these mountains are amazing, mm-hmm. but it's the community that keeps me here. It's things like that. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. And once you get a little bit more involved and you start meeting more people, that's what makes Jackson special. It's the people here. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. There are so many amazing entrepreneurs here. Like, oh, you know, yeah. like, I mean, Chaz and Travis, actually, when I was like, of JH Still Works. Yeah. When I talked to Chaz about when I was starting to build my company last summer, I hadn't launched it yet. He was like, Eden, if you have a vision and you believe in it, and you really wholeheartedly like want to do it, people will believe in you here. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah. And I, I tell that to people now too. I'm like, if you really want to do something, mm-hmm. frankly, you could find investors here. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a very wealthy area. I talk yeah. to the right people. And I didn't do that, but I basically, I just was like, I know I have a voice and I know that people want to know more about nutrition, but they also want to see it in a realistic and just, I don't know fun way Mm -hmm. and so that's why i show like my entire life not just nutrition so um on my social media yeah 
But yeah, and he's absolutely right. And I think the sense of community that I feel here, one of the reasons it's special to me is that I grew up in a community that's like this Mm -hmm. in North Georgia. And then my father is an attorney in Dalton, Georgia. Same thing. Like he established himself as a small business owner and the way the community has taken care of him and the way he takes care of the community. Mm -hmm. It was special there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what keeps me here. Yeah. I mean, I've been here for a few years now and I've finally feel like I have good friends and like I'm finding my groove. And I also don't like, I feel comfortable going out in the mountains by myself, but if I don't want to, I have partners I can take with me. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I, I think building your community and finding that where you belong here keeps you here. Definitely. And that means you support local makers. And I mean, I'm wearing clothes that I got from a local shop. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing a steel jacket. It's like, nice. I like representing Jackson. Yeah. I like saying I'm from Jackson hole and yeah, I'm wearing stuff I bought here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was just talking with Taylor about this too, um, the entrepreneur thing. There's so many people that I know now are bu- as business owners that that right before they started their business, they were just doing like, they were doing like, you know, mountain town jobs. They were like working yeah. in ski shops. We all done lifts. it. Yeah, yeah, like Chaz and Trav both, uh, actually, I don't know which, if Tra- Trav did, but Chaz was a lifty at the yeah. resort for a few years. And like, they're both fishing guides at some point. Yeah. And, um, this, uh, do you know, humble brew coffee? Yes. Yeah. Like he was like a bartender and just said, I want to make better cold brew coffee. And yeah. now he has his own company. Yeah. And there's so many stories like that, that yeah. they just go from like whatever job to running their own business. And it's so cool. And you just, you just need the idea. I don't know. And like, it doesn't, it's not this aha moment when you want to be an entrepreneur. Cause I told you, I mean, I, be, I decided to become an, a dietitian in 2012 yeah. and I didn't found my own company until 2020. Yeah. So it was this long roundabout way. But I think you, once you just kind of find that need, like the niche and also you feel inspired to do it, you just go. I don't know. It's this. Just go and do. Yeah, do it. And yeah. I, it's really hard to get over that first hurdle. And I mean, it's if somebody is thinking about starting a business, believe me, I, I know how daunting it seems. It's just you take the small steps. Like for me, yeah. it was like, okay, what do I want to call my company? How long did that take you to figure <laughs> it out? Um... Oh, I remember. So I actually had brainstormed some names in 2018. And one of the first names I thought I was going to name like my private practice was Crux Nutrition. Because when you're climbing a a route, like the crux is the hardest part. Yeah. And I wanted to help people get over the hardest part. (laughs) But no, I, uh, I played around with a few names. I I draw, drew a few logos, just kind of, but I think I settled on Teton Performance Nutrition because to me, the Tetons are, they're a global destination. Mm -hmm. So they're not, niche to Jackson. Mm-hmm. They are people in the all over the world come here. Mm-hmm. And performance, like I said, it's not just in athletics, it's in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm a dietitian, so it's nutrition. Yeah. T-time performance nutrition. Yeah. I don't think that took as long. It was basically focusing focusing in on like what services I was going to offer and that's evolved a mm-hmm. little bit as I've I don't know, launched my business. Um but right now I still do some individual counseling, but I'm, I've got a couple more projects in the work to where I hope to reach more people by developing contracts with more local companies in Jackson that have a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, yeah I have That's- a cousin who's an entrepreneur in Chicago. His name's Rob Gregory. He's a great photographer. Rob Gregory. And Shout he reached out. out to me in November and he had been watching what I was doing. And he's like, I just want you to know as a cousin of yours who has also just gone through this entrepreneurial process, mm-hmm. Think about the wedding photographers you know and how hard they work and you know they they have to do so much editing and everything is I do a little bit more brand work, corporate work, but 
I get four or five contracts a year and I work a lot less and I make a lot more money and I get to do the projects I want. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I love working with individual clients, but it does take it out of you. Mm-hmm. And so I've got some ideas in the works that are more yeah. there. He's like, think bigger, Eden. I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I asked, so this, this logo here that I'm wearing yeah. is my company. So the, I, I told you I do the marketing for Stillworks, but it's, they're a client of mine. Right. I, yeah. We, my partner, Alex and I run our own marketing company. And I asked about the name thing because our company is just Merolt and Meanie Marketing mm-hmm. LLC. Like yeah. our last names. Yeah. We sat at a bar for like three hours trying to figure out names, like looking. We I was started, between my name and a business yeah. name. Yeah. We were like, okay, like let's look at like the biggest marketing firms. Like what are they called? Yeah. They're always something jazzy that, that like a word that like is a combination of two words to mean like <laughs> hip and artistic yeah. or something. And we kept doing that and we were like looking on the Minnesota um, like where you can register your name to see if it's taken or not. Yeah, yeah. Like checking all these names, trying them out, like trying out, oh, what if we did like mountain marketing or or like <laughs> Northwoods marketing, something like that. Or yeah. Like, or, you know, we, we've said that for so long and we're like, you know what? It doesn't matter what our name is <laughs> because it's just our offering. Like, so we can create a brand because of what we provide. Yeah, yep. With when it's with just, just just our last name, and then I went and did some research, and it's like there's a lot of companies that are just the last names. Yeah, I think uh, this, I was talking to um, Sophia Schwartz. We were skinning up snow king, and sh- we were talking about our silver linings from the pandemic. And mm. I had read an article in New York Times about other people's silver linings, and mm. I remember telling her, you know, the thing about the pandemic, when I got laid off. I did have the time to sit down and be creative and write out all these names or these ideas and flesh it out. And then, you know, when you start a business, I did like a lean business plan. And so I looked up other companies in the area that might be doing the same thing as me. And Mm -hmm. the only one I found was my friend Jackson Long in the Flow Nutrition in Sun Valley. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was like, we're not competition. We can collaborate and do a bunch of cool things here because there's such a niche when it comes to sports nutrition in the mountains. Like there's a lot that people don't know. And so, yeah, I just remember like sitting out and like writing out this business plan. I had written a business plan since graduate school. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. So mine's really incomplete. It's kind of got some (laughs) sections filled out and other parts. It's like, meh. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, I think the, the pandemic gave me time to sit down and think about what I really wanted to do and what I really wanted my future to look like. And starting my business really helped me feel proud of myself again yeah. after feeling so lost for so long. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, doing the odd jobs everybody does in Jackson. And it was like, these are not for me. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And I just, um, I mean, I, I enjoyed working at the Center for the Arts, but it was like, I should be doing something more. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find it. And it took the pandemic and getting laid off and it was the kick in the butt I really needed to do something with my life. <laughs> there was a lot of, um, I think my silver line or our silver lining was um, we added, we multimedia marketing added two clients in the yeah. pandemic because one of them being Stillworks. And then, um, but I think a lot of companies, if they could keep the doors open, if they were like in a good position financially or like, you know, their business wasn't affected by the, in-person nature or something yeah they sat and they thought about things that they've been kind of having on their list of things to do like we should get more into marketing was i think a common one or we should up our social media game stuff like that yeah 
And we had a bunch of companies come to us and say, like, we've been looking at this. Now we have time to focus on it. Can we do something? Yeah. And and yep. so like that, that to, to your point of that, that people could sit down and be more creative. It was like when all the noise of being be, needing to be in public and go do things in public was ripped away. Mm-hmm. They had the, a moment to think about what are some to do tasks that we can tackle during yeah. this. I have a friend, he worked, he used to work for Google, but we went to high school together. So we went to high school in Georgia. Now he lives in California, but he worked for Google and now he works for a startup and they're developing something to help people that want to become small business owners. Mm -hmm. But we were talking on the phone. I helped them develop their prototype. Like I tested it for them, which is kind of cool. But it was, it was targeted towards somebody that wants to, yeah, like, okay, how do I open a business banking account? What kind of business services would I pay for? Would I pay for a coach? I kind of said, it was, that's kind of the prototype. Mm-hmm. But when I was talking to him about it, he told me that more small businesses started last year than like, I don't know how many years before, but it was the, like the percentage of new small mm-hmm. businesses that, new small businesses that started was just crazy high. And I think that's the thing. It gave us an opportunity. Okay, now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like all these business owners, is like you can pivot or you can sink. Mm-hmm. what are you gonna do yeah unless you're yeah unless you're in like a restaurant or something yeah sorry like, about that you're pretty pinned down yeah. on restaurants but <laughs> but to that point though there's been a lot of chefs here like that have done private events yeah and so yeah maybe the restaurant isn't booming as much and like look at provisions mm-hmm. provisions gh look at those donuts like that yeah. came from like pivoting yeah same their chicken sandwich is the best chicken sandwich in town, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's always really it. bold to make claims like that. It's like, okay, where's your favorite place to get a sloshy? That's a, that's a, I didn't say where it was the best. I said, where's your favorite? That I, <laughs> con, I'm contractually obligated to say Jackson Hole I was going to say Hole Jackson still Hole still works yeah. is my favorite. I have told everybody. And I'm not contractually <laughs> obligated to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heard it here first, folks. Um, no, I think there's a, there are the best. There's are the best because they... Um, the booze is actually good booze. Everyone else is like Kharkov or Phillips right, yeah. or something. And then they do like actual like real food ingredients if mm-hmm. they have that. It's yeah. not just syrups. I do like rations. Yeah, they're good. Over here. Yeah. But still works is my favorite. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to go. What were we just talking about before the sloshy thing? Just entrepreneurs. Like you asked me about like my business name and like how I got on it and and like, did you have did you have to sit there for hours and like focus in on it? Oh. I was like, no, not really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to share how... Alex and I decided to start our business. Yeah. So I've been in sales my whole career. I, my actually, my day job. Did you is, always know you wanted to be in sales? Uh, pretty much. Okay. I'm kind of like a born salesman person. Okay. Um, but that's my day job. I sell software to banks, um, for a big tech company called FIS. Okay. Um, so I was doing that. He's, he was a marketing manager for a PT clinic and then he did some Google ads managing for a bigger company, kind of bounced around. And we were literally in the hot tub at my parents' cabin. And he was thinking like, you know, I, th- I think I'd like to start my own marketing company one day, marketing agency. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And Alex and I went to the same, Alex and I have known each other since kindergarten. Went to the same K through eight, same high school, same college. Um, and we're in the same major. We both have marketing majors. <laughs> and um, in college, we, instead of doing like papers, we just said, we're going to go like do some marketing work. Yeah. So we like we're kind of we kind of formed our company without knowing it then we were just doing exactly what our company does now but for free because we were students yeah. we got grades on it um so then we like in the hot tub we were like okay like there is definitely a need for small businesses to have like digital marketing stuff absolutely yeah but i was like 
Al, like let's let's really really formulate this because I if I don't I don't want to just like half ass something if we're gonna do it. And we figured out like what are we gonna do <clears throat> and like why are we gonna do it? And we kept um it's a, the, the cabin is in northern Wisconsin, and so you go to all these like bars around and there's people that are you know they paint cabins, they're fishing guides, they do roofing, they do their plumbers. There's all these like little trade people with little companies and it's like want them or like their son or like two other people. Mm -hmm. And they all recognized that digital marketing is a need, but they have no clue how to do it. So they would, I'd be like, yeah, I have just got my degree from this college or whatever. And they're like, Oh my God, can you do my social media? And I'm like, sure. I'm just talking to you at the bar. (laughs) Like you don't know (laughs) anything else about me besides I have a degree in marketing and you're saying that. So I'm like, there's, if we can fit into that niche, Alex, and figure out like the money behind it and like how to offer it and how to be good at it, yeah, there could be something there. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's how we started in the hot tub, and we were like, "All right, let's go <laughs> figure it out." And yeah, now we have we we've gone through about eight or so different clients coming and going, but we now we currently have three main ones. Um, still works. Uh, a large construction company that does like government buildings, mm-hmm. schools, hospitals, stuff like that um, in Minnesota. And then a real estate company in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, they just do real estate. So yeah. But isn't that cool that you get to p- work with people like that aren't just in Jackson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's well, my, my clients right now. If I think about where they are, I have one in Denver. I have a new one today. He's in Park City. Yeah. I have one in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I there's one that's local, but we don't meet in person. We just do telehealth. Uh, I've had clients in Florida. I have my first few clients were in the Carolinas. Yeah. Uh, I had a phone call with an endurance runner in Pennsylvania earlier this week, and she wanted to ask me about intermittent fasting for endurance running. Mm. And I was like, I'm not really for that, but I'm for fat adaptation and that kind of training mm. and um but i just like i love that i get to talk to people all over the country yeah and then it also makes me value jackson a little bit more because they're like oh jackson hold it so cool i'm like it is yeah <laughs> you know? i get that i work calls they're like where are you from thinking i'm from like milwaukee or florida that's like our big our big offices i'm yeah. like i live in jackson hole and they're like wait what like that's by yellowstone life? jackson hole <laughs> oh my god you must get a lot of snow there i'm yeah. like yeah, 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 we do. That's <laughs> funny for me. Like all the people I grew up with, like, they've never. Some people have never seen snow mm-hmm. down there, or if they have, it's like flurries. Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah, we might get a foot over the weekend. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it shuts, the, yeah, shuts Atlanta <laughs> down. If they oh, get, I like, lived in Atlanta during snow apocalypse, and I was so embarrassed. I okay. Yeah. I was there. You want to ask me about that? I oh, do. My gosh. So we all saw the reports. Like, it's sad that like people died because of this, but like traffic jam on the freeway yeah and it's like 35 degrees yeah. and like an inch of snow how do people die and like why don't oh, they don't just know. get out and like walk I know. to somewhere it's 35 degrees you can't actually get like frostbite at 35 degrees right it's just they're not used to the cold and like 35 degrees there is colder than 35 degrees here it feels way colder because um, it's humid it's humid it's yeah. wet and, it, and it was colder than that like it it was um i was in downtown atlanta at georgia state i was doing my master's there mm-hmm. and the problem that they did and i don't know why but every business and every school released everyone to go home at the same time yeah what does that produce 
traffic jams. gridlock all yeah. over the city yeah and the suburbs it was a nightmare it usually takes me it would take me 15 minutes to get my apart to my like duplex i was living in it took me four hours oh my god but i knew a back way and i actually ended up going behind the georgia dome which is no longer there which is weird and uh kind of go yeah and then my my ex-husband he was working at georgia tech like their research institute which is in smyrna and so he got to like go the opposite way of traffic so his commute was the same <laughs> and then four hours later i was like i can't i hate you you know <laughs> and nobody has like good tires yeah and, snow. and the problem is like any of the salt trucks that we would have the, to come help because it did snow it just was like not at a whatever um yeah. they were all in north georgia where my parents live yeah. and there were like three yeah. for the entire state uh-huh. so ridiculous i think my favorite meme that i saw was comparing you know the connector in atlanta in Snowpocalypse to The Walking Dead. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so perfect and it's so true. And, and that's so two weeks set later. In, in Atlanta, too, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Actually, my cousin Rob Gregory, the one I mentioned earlier, the first season before they released anything, he got to do a promo because he's an amputee. And so he was like a, he, a, a person that was like crawling. He got with to like be a, a zombie? Yes. That's so like, cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's set in Atlanta. But two weeks later, we had more snow in the forecast and they didn't even mess with it. They're like, we're not fucking with this. Mm-hmm. And they just like, re- they like school was canceled. Work was canceled. Everybody stayed home and we did get a lot of snow. Yeah. And there was no news about it mm-hmm. because no, there was no gridlock because no, yeah. no one was downtown. It yeah. was like, All right, cool. Thanks. But I mean, that's how growing up in the South is with snow. If right. there's like the threat of snow, the bread is gone. The milk is gone. The eggs is gone. <laughs> They're yeah. gone at food Lion, you know, and that's like the small grocery chain in the South. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ed, it's just like funny. If there's a threat of snow, is school closed? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny how people go, how quickly people go from um, just normal shopping to like panic shopping. Pa- yeah, apocalypse shopping. <laughs> yeah. Even I did it with, with. We all did it with COVID. I was like, I was in there one day, like, okay, canned goods, soups, non-perishables. And then it all goes bad. Toilet <laughs> paper, which uh, that wasn't even there when I went. But yeah. I was like, I, I, I like got through it. I was like, what the fuck did I think was gonna happen? <laughs> Like it's it's a virus and it's scary, but what did I think? Like I, I thought yeah. Walking Dead was literally what I was. Like. <laughs> I, I think was like, we all did. I'm getting a gun and I'm getting a bunch of soup <laughs> and we're gonna, honey, we're gonna be okay. We'll be fine. Do you we have firewood? Have, we oh, can wait. have Bridger. We can have Bridger hunt us a deer. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Do I know any friend with elk? Do I have any friends that killed an elk this past winter? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you're in Wilson. There's got to be somebody around here that caught an elk. Yeah. yeah. One of our neighbors did. Yeah. 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 Do you know um, Ned Wanson? No, the name's familiar, but he's um director of marketing at the resort, but he's okay. also friends with Chaz and Trav. So okay. like this like this whole Then I like, probably have met like, him at some point. There's like four yeah. couples and we're all like friends for different reasons. Yeah. And it's it's pretty fun. Yeah. Nice. No, I met uh, Chaz and Travis, like I told you through another guy friend, like older guy friend in town, and mm-hmm. I met him them and Dick Stout and David Tafazio, some of these like bigger business owners, mm-hmm. all one night at the Rose yeah. in two thousand seventeen. And I'm like sitting around this table with like these old dudes sorry guys you're not that old but still it was like where am i experience what am i dudes. doing <laughs> yeah. yeah they were all in their 40s and i was in my late 20s i was like this is interesting yeah you're just yucking it up over some <laughs> well my roommate like, like my, my roommate yeah. roommate was friends with them but i was just like is this safe yeah i think it's fine yeah i hope so they seem okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely um what else should we talk about oh i know a question that I, that I had coming in name your as a nutritionist and as, as a dietitian, your top three backpack snacks. Okay. For you know whether you're touring or just hiking somewhere. All right. Right now, my pocket snack that's 
always in my ski jacket pocket, whether I'm at the resort or whether I'm touring, is dates with dates. peanut butter or nut oh. butter of some sort. And RX, you know, RX Bar, that company, yeah, they have maple almond butter. It mm. is bomb. Yeah. It's so good. And so you have to keep it on your inside pocket so it doesn't freeze. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Um, I usually bring a PB&J, something similar. Yes. The PB&J yes, is great. Dude. It's so simple. Pocket um, PB&J. That's my go-to. Yeah. And then one of my girlfriends, Lisa Rourke, just started this company called Dra- Tram Jam. Tram Jam. So I've seen them. I need to like get out with my PB&J with Tram Jam and be like, look at what I got. You yeah. know, it's nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite drink right now is... I call it touring tea. I got it from my friend Jackson. Touring tea. Yeah. My friend Jackson over in Sun Valley kind of posted this uh, article about skiing for backcountry. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, backcountry skiing nutrition. And this recipe was at the bottom. I was like, okay, I'll try that. Because, you know, in the mm-hmm. summer, you usually take something that besides water, like, you know, Gatorade or like um, electrolytes, whatever. I was like, what do we do in the winter? And so now I like steep a couple bags of chai tea mm. and then I put a little bit of salt in there, some honey, splash of oat milk. That is so much easier to drink than water. And yeah. my ski partner steals it. He's like, did you bring ski tea? And I'm like, fine, here you go. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you make your own? Never mind. It's kind of cool that you like want to steal my stuff. But yeah. yeah, so those would be the three things. It was like dates and peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly and my ski tea. Does... Do the ski tea actually hydrate you when yes. it's like all that stuff that's yes. like not water? Yeah, it does. I mean, so you need carbohydrates. Your mm-hmm. body's working. That's the quickest energy you can get. So that's why I put honey in it. Mm-hmm. The salt comes from the electrolytes you lose out of your breath and your sweat. Like sodium is one of those, the top ones that you lose. Yeah. And so, yeah, it rehydrates you and it's fluid. Yeah. And it tastes good. And it w- warms you up if you're, if you're exactly. a colder person. It warms yeah. you up from the inside out. And you're like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Could you walk through... For all the listeners, for all the haters out there that hate against PB, pocket PB&Js, as a dietitian, mm-hmm. why PB&Js, pocket PB&Js are good for hiking and touring? I guess I'm like, who hates on PB&J? I don't know. I've Well, they, they, they think it's weird that I bring that out on big hikes instead of like a Cliff Bar or something. I'm so sick of Cliff Bars. God. Same with me, or even like, like I'm so sick of Gatorade. I had way too much Gatorade at Texas A&M. Yeah. So, but that's not who we were sponsored by, whatever. But I was like, oh, I hate Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reason why a pocket PB and J is great, like for hikes or skiing, mm-hmm. is when you get to the top of 25 short or whatever, you need to replace some carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. You need a little bit more substance, so you want some protein and some fat that's in the nut butter, mm-hmm. and it's substantial mm-hmm. and it tastes good. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, and I said the the like obviously carbs in the bread and you want to make a yeah. good bread i prefer a really nice sourdough bread totally got yeah. a little bit of girth to it yeah exactly <laughs> the protein that way it doesn't get as like smushy <laughs> yeah yes exactly yeah and it's not like wonder bread no exactly um the protein and the fat from the peanut butter mm-hmm. a little bit of substance there yeah and then i really dig like the the just the sugar like the quick sugar rush of the yeah, jelly of the jelly it's a different kind like, of carbohydrates simple carbohydrates and the complex carbohydrates protein fat it's everything you need yeah like i'll throw like gummy bears too like if i'm I just put like hemp hearts in mine hemp hearts yeah hemp heart seeds i put them in the middle of my pb and j oh. it's plant protein yeah and so it's a little bit of like extra protein a little bit of more fiber but i mean people need to be careful with that don't add in too much fiber you could end up with like a gi issue mm-hmm. in the backcountry. don't do that yeah but try it at home first yeah. um but now i like to do that and but everybody's different what they like but yeah i just yeah, dig, it's always good it's so good and i it, i just dig that little sugar kick because yeah. if you're like down like your you know blood sugar is lower for the, you're in the middle i brought like two of them when i climbed the middle that was my nice. fuel yeah like you know middle of the middle of the hike of the middle 
you're walking over an endless boulder field. You're like, ah, yep. this sucks. My blood sugar is low. I'm getting a little tired, sore. And you can like pop a couple gummy bears or like eat a PB and J and you're like back to your yeah. quick, quickly back to your energy. So I'm trying to think of what I brought. I hiked the middle Teton on my birthday this Sweet. year, uh, which was super fun. I took a girlfriend up. She had never hiked it before. Yeah. Um, I took dried mangoes and dried apricots. I took mm-hmm. pretzels, dots, pretzels because nice. the salt dots. Uh, yeah. Okay. As someone from the South, when did you first learn here, of dots here? here. Yeah. yeah. The first guy I dated here, uh, he, we were going somewhere leaving town and we stopped at Creekside and he's like, well, you got to try these. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay and i was like these are amazing yeah they're <laughs> and, like yeah they're a new thing to wyoming but they've i think they're a south dakota company but yeah, they've always they been in minnesota so like everyone in minnesota is yeah. obsessed yeah and now they're recently down to here but it's, yeah there's a dietitian i follow who, who does mainly endurance hydration mm-hmm. and when i saw them on her profile i was like look mm-hmm. this she's a hydration dietitian and she said this they're healthy they're well they're not healthy but <laughs> they have a place and a function and i'm doing it right so i take a mountain biking too yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I actually did a professional photo shoot with um some like business photos for myself and I had my dots pretzels and my PB and J. Oh yeah. And my nut butter out there too. I was like, this is great. This is exactly what I would eat. And I did take some uh Marcel's Jackson trout, like Swedish fish, but mm. they're Jackson trout. Oh yeah. Because like it's like you said, gummy bears when you get out there on like the middle Teton, you want some quick energy. I was like, Well, here's a local company. I got my Jackson trout with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so dorky, but it's yeah. it's a way to represent local. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I keep having questions and then... And then they like slip your mind. Yeah. Because I'm trying to... I kind of... Like as you're talking, I'm like forming questions and so, then I'm trying to line them up. Here's another one that somebody like sent to me and it was basically, what are some of like the misconceptions about a dietitian? Mm. And I was like, I don't eat healthy all the time. I am not a good chef mm-hmm. and I don't post pictures of my food. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the food police. Like I get so mad and be like, oh, you're going to judge me for this. I'm like, actually, no, I loved food so much. I majored in it. Like, yeah. you know, I got a, a graduate degree in it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just so fun. I mean, like people are like, oh, you must be a really big foodie. You must be a great chef. I'm like, no, I do love food. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't eat clean all the time. And I love beer. <laughs> like, it's just kind of funny. People just think you must eat perfectly all the time. I'm like, no, yeah. actually, no. I recognize how bad that is for me with my history of like a restrictive mindset of disordered eating. I'm like, no, I like the kind of just the flow of life and like eating treats here and there, but also eating healthily and yeah. eating fruits and veggies, but keeping it mixed up. So yeah, I just thought like I'm not the food police. Yeah. How do you feel when you see um like the nutrition and fitness like influencers out there yeah. that have just such a huge audience and they're, you know, they're they're starting to talk about stuff that's in your expertise and they may yeah. not even know what they're talking about and they may not be certified and they're directing people to do stuff. How do you feel when it's you see so that? It's so interesting. You know, I the way that I have curated my the people I follow on Instagram and Facebook, I guess, I don't see them. Mm. Which is funny, but like, that's the thing. That's what happens. Like you, you end up not following these people. So I don't see the stuff they put out there. There is one trainer that I follow. I'm going to probably say her last name wrong, but it's Danielle Pacente. And I actually did one of her workouts this morning. Nice. But what I noticed, she has a huge following. And this is where I was like, I respected her so much more. Started saving more of her workouts. Mm -hmm. People ask her about nutrition all the time. And she said, I am not a dietitian. Mm -hmm. I can give you some general advice, but this is not my job. My job as a personal trainer. Yeah. And actually Max Martin and I said the same thing. 
out of respect for him or her, if somebody, and I've had people ask me off of like my workouts, like, Hey, um, could you send me this? Or could you talk to me about your training? I'm like, I am not a personal trainer. Yeah. These are my friends that are, these are the profiles I follow, but I will not train you. I don't know as much science behind personal training and posterior train and anterior chain. I just do it because they programmed it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. So it's, I guess I would hope that those influencers would recognize that people, they have a platform and they can damage people mm-hmm. if they say the wrong thing, but I don't know. Like yeah. I, said, I don't follow them, so I don't know. It's Yeah, it's such a, it's a, it's an obvious like sidestep where if you're posting things about body and wellness and fitness and then people will be like, oh, your body looks great. I bet you have a good diet. Yeah. And then... It, it's probably very hard to say, wait a minute, I don't actually know that much. I, I'm just learning like you are. You want to know what I ate yesterday as far as like my diet? It was not good. <laughs> it was fine. I mean, I, I had a bagel in the morning with like this. I kind of did like a Greek Greek yogurt like blend to be my, my cream cheese. But it had like mm-hmm. Greek yogurt, peanut butter, hemp hearts, cinnamon, and some other stuff in it. Blended that up. fun. Yeah. And so that was, it was like a pumpkin bagel that I had frozen in my fridge. Pearl Street bagels. What's up? Pearl Street. Yeah. And so I usually will take it out. The night before and let it defrost and then i put it on top of my fridge so it kind of keeps it moist it sounds mm. weird but it does so i had that in the morning and then i had my pocket snacks at the resort but i didn't eat it but then i had to go home and see some clients so i had a pb and j and then i had i mean for opry i know it's like a pandemic so i feel bad saying this but i mean i was with a friend and like he'd already had covid and i've been tested recently and so i just we i got two beers and nachos and it tasted so good. Yeah. And then this morning, it was like, I, like I went to bed last night. And I was like, I'm tired. You know, it's like nine o'clock. And I get up this morning. I just work out. Like, I don't know. I just don't feel guilty about it. <clears throat> That's like, a big thing. Yeah. I'm like, let it go. I don't eat nachos. I've never had the moose nachos until yesterday. Really? Really. So I was like, yeah, I'll get the nachos. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and it's just, you enjoy them so much more than if you're beating yourself up about it. And I skied like all morning yeah. and then came out and got two more gondola laps. I was like... I, I think I earned it, but yeah. it's not even like about earning it. It's just about enjoying your life. Yes. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's really easy. I think it's a lot easier for us here to, um, to balance out some of those yes. less healthy choices right. yeah. with like really healthy activities. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like I could probably eat whatever the hell I wanted and still yeah. like <laughs> be this weight or right. whatever. But feel- th- to that point, though, you got to think about your long term health. Think about yeah. how that will impact your gut in the next, you know, the next yeah. few decades. I, yeah, yeah I can get away with it now. If I but- McDonald's every <laughs> single day for every meal, but yeah. still like hiked a ton, like I could still look this weight, but my insides would not like yeah. it as much. You could do it better. You could feel better I by eating better. different things than and McDonald's. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really see much of a difference in um, my performance when I lived in Minnesota. Like I'd ski, I'd hike, and whatever, but it wasn't really anything extreme it didn't really matter what I ate. Right. Then I came here and I'm pushing my, my body more to its limit. And I could really tell really, really small differences in like what I ate, when I ate it, yeah. how much water, like if I had right. booze recently mm-hmm. when I'm doing some of these bigger activities, it was like, God, you know, today I ate an hour before this mountain bike ride. And the other day I ate like 30 minutes before. And yeah. today I feel so much better. Like I'm not feeling exactly. as sluggish. I'm actually getting the energy out of there. So, but that's what I do with people. Mm-hmm. We alter timing. We're yeah. like, okay, we're going to change the, the schedule of how you eat. Yeah. And we're going to change the types of food you eat based on that schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. It's simple and it works. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm the same way. It's like, actually, when I think about this in the summer this year, 
Uh, I told you I love beer, but I would do one of those long hikes. And as much as it's so easy, it's so easy to crush a really good IPA when you get done with that hike. Mm -hmm. But I would think about, I was like, if I just have one, I'll feel less sore tomorrow than if I have two or three. Mm -hmm. And so my, what I would try to do is drink water first. If I finished the middle, well, not this time it was my birthday. So I had champagne after, but like if I, I did like static peak a few weeks later and I got back to the car and I crushed a bunch of water and I had a snack in the car waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And then I got home and I had like a recovery smoothie. And then that night it's like, I'll have one beer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel wrecked the next day. And yeah. so, yeah, could I have gotten away with eating some of these other things? Of course. But I focus on how I feel and how those things impact my sleep. And do I feel sluggish or do I feel recharged? Mm-hmm. And I focus on those feelings. And that's kind of like the why of why I care about nutrition personally. It's yeah. like, it does make me feel better. And you, I don't know. It's like, that's why I don't smoke or anything else. It's yeah. like, I don't want to feel like shit when I go do these things. And yeah. I want to feel like I can breathe. And I want to feel like my body is strong and energized and I'm giving yeah. it the fuel it needs. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've always, uh, reminded myself that like, after you do those things or after you lift or like have to do a big, big activity, your body's like the feelings you're feeling of like hunger or like, tiredness or soreness it's like your body just like it's telling you something for like i need more shit yes please and, give me something and it's not beer you most of the time it's not beer no nope, it's not so even just to like you know if, when i when i go and lift i make sure i have a protein shake on the way home and then i'll try to eat some like actual food like eggs and bacon yeah. or something like yeah give it that fuel yes what do they say like so after a workout, or it, well, there's, there's the, the, the window is being debated, but the reason mm. why you want to have something after a workout is that there is an enzyme that is more active than it's called glycogen synthase. And mm. I think there's one more part to that. Um, but it's most active, like about two hours after a workout, like mm. the, the closer you can have replenish something after a workout, the more effective you're going to be at replacing your glycogen stores in your mm-hmm. liver, which is the stored form of carbohydrate so it's your quick energy mm-hmm. keeps you from bonking when you're hiking or working out mm-hmm. uh, so you want to replace that so that's why you want some carbohydrates and then you want protein after you work out to rebuild the muscle that you just broke down yeah and there's the, the ratio there depending on what you're doing so for more endurance activities you want a little bit more carbohydrates for more strength you want more protein mm-hmm. it's not that it's complicated yeah but people make it complicated they do yeah yeah <laughs> and i think what's people overshoot a lot of how much protein they need to and yeah, that's kind yeah. of an American thing, I think. It is, yeah. And the, the reason why they overshoot it, I think, is they base uh, the calculations that they see or whatever on p- pounds mm-hmm. versus kilograms. Mm-hmm. And protein recommendations that I would calculate out for somebody are based on kilograms. Mm-hmm. So it's usually a lot less than what people somebody thinks. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I've... Uh, I've known... So I was going to say something about like weightlifting, but I've known this about lifting and how your muscles react to lifting for like a while mm-hmm. for like since probably since like high school football or college football but then i started explaining it to like people around me that didn't really know it and it was it was amazing to me how much how they didn't understand that was what was going on and, and what it is is like when you're lifting something your muscles are like slightly like they're making many little tears yeah. going on in there yep. as it's you're lifting. ripping them yeah <laughs> ripping them ever so slightly yeah and then basically, like, to really dumb it down, you need to give your body something to fill in those tears with with new muscle, which yeah. is a protein. Yeah, they're, they're the building blocks of muscle. You rebuild them with yeah. amino acids. <laughs> yeah. 
And and <laughs> when I explained that to someone, they were like, "Wait, really?" I'm like, yes, "Yeah, really? you know, that, like that burning <laughs> that you're feeling when you're lifting, like that's yeah. your muscles, like yeah. What's the? I'm look. I keep looking for a word. Um, micro tearing. Yeah, I was gonna um, say it's like slightly atrophying, but I don't think that. Yeah, micro tears no. is atrophy- the better word. Isn't atrophying like that's like when you're losing? When gets, a, yeah, when you're like wasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's not the right word. Yeah. Um, but I explained that to someone, and they're like, "Wait, that's what happens?" I'm like, "Yeah, like that's why you need like, that's why you need." protein the building blocks for the new muscle right away because your body's yeah. like we have all this like your your body is saying okay we're trying to adjust to you wanting to lift heavy shit yeah. we need some shit to build <laughs> please give me something the ability to do so <laughs> yeah and when you break it break it down like that it's not just it's not just like oh my nutritionist told me to eat some protein after a workout it's like oh my body told me to eat some protein yeah and it's like the way it helped me like be more disciplined in my eating right after workouts. I Yeah. I One of the things I like to do is explain the function of these macronutrients to people mm-hmm. under, so they understand the function of carbohydrates and the time and the place for carbohydrates. I, you know, explain the function of protein. Like you just said, it's like it helps rebuild your muscles. It does so many more things. It's involved in so many processes in your body. And then the same thing with dietary fat. It's like that's your backbone of hormones. Like you're, mm-hmm. And if you want your hormones to be regular, please take in enough dietary fat, like mm-hmm. the right kinds. Like, yeah, eat some saturated fat, but also you know, include more anti-inflammatory fats, like omega-3 fatty acids. I talk about that with clients all the time. I send out this anti-inflammatory foods list to so many people. And another reason why I do that is because usually they're eating some of these foods and they didn't realize they had anti-inflammatory properties. Mm. Um, but one of the reasons I'm really big about that is they help, anti-inflammatory foods support joint health mm-hmm. and also um, immunity. So <laughs> with COVID, I'm like, yeah, these foods will boost your immunity. I'm not going to say that they'll prevent COVID, <laughs> but they do help. <laughs> yeah. What are um, some of those foods? Uh, I mean, so for omega-3 fatty acids, the hemp heart seeds. And I was telling you hemp earlier, I'm like, seeds. that's why I put them in everything. I'm like, okay, they're protein and they have the good dietary fat in them. Yeah. Uh, walnuts and then fatty fish has omega-3 fatty acids in it as well. Mm-hmm. But any food that has antioxidants in it, so think of like berries, vegetables, fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have i'll have to go like look at the list again but avocado's on there i'm like oh i had avocado this morning you know yeah yeah that's awesome um what else should we talk about (laughs) i don't know i was uh, more like are there a lot of people here from your hometown like did you show up here and there's a lot of people from minnesota uh not that i knew but like there are a lot of minnesotans here yeah yeah it's so funny i um so when i told you i was wearing these certain clothes like one of my first friends here is Dana Sanders and she owns, owns Tara, the clothing store in town mm-hmm. next to Amy Ringholt's gallery. And I, mm-hmm. it's just interesting how people, I might not, I might not have been here that long, but I think about those like local connections. And I, so I've been doing some modeling for her. Like, it's basically, we just, sh- I just show up and she dresses me and I'm like, yeah, and, you know, I just like pose. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but somebody's like, how'd you get that gig? And I'm like, um, family friend, Yeah. her husband is went to high school at the high school i was zoned to go to in north georgia uh-huh. and his parents are friends with my parents oh that's funny and so they were the first people i met here that's awesome yeah that's a really so good like, connection to start yeah with. and so there's actually like this pocket of people that are here that are from where i'm from and i always think that's really neat there's a lot of georgia people here there are yeah have you been to moe's on like a bulldog no because i day? went to texas a&m yeah oh but- my gosh the last time i went to moe's like for a college game they were playing arkansas 
don't go to Moe's when they're like, I'm sorry. It's not, not a welcome city for Aggies. I'm like one of five here. And so I was there actually with my friend, John Gardner, the one that's friends with Chaz and Travis. Mm -hmm. And I remember like trying not to cheer. Because yeah. if something good happened, I was like, I'm going to get like, somebody's going to beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Don't and go to Moe's on Saturdays in the fall. Yes. And so I, up to that point, this one dude was drunk and something good happened. I think we got like a first down or something. And I was like, woo. And mm. this guy was like, shut the fuck up. Like at me, like going off at me. And my roommate, he was like, hey, no, like, yeah. j- come on, man. And so I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but like my dad went to Auburn. So yeah. I grew up really wanting to go to auburn yeah and they didn't recruit me mm. i was recruited by alabama oh man who was like one of the top five softball teams in the country at yeah. the time auburn didn't recruit me because they said i was i was like too high of like a recruit and i was like oh that's nice but um humble brag yes yeah. <laughs> um softball was not my i did not like enjoy college softball i'll just say it was not the right fit for me but i still think about like those schools that recruited me i was like oh my god me <laughs> um but i remember like asking my dad i was like dad if I go to Alabama, will you cheer for us? And he's like, it's only when you're playing. <laughs> only when you're at bat. Only when you are on the field. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but not for the team to do well, for you to Just for you to do well. I yeah. want Alabama to lose, but I want you to do well. Yeah. <laughs> just like such like Southern rivalry. I was like, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. And then when, so I picked a, um, Texas A&M. I kind of liked that they weren't in the SEC. And then I, I had just graduated. I was doing my prerequisites for grad school. And then they joined the SEC, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I kind of liked I liked it better when they were in the Big Twelve, but you know, money drives everything with a lot of those. Yeah, TV contracts yeah, and just I'm, being able to say yes, to recruits that yes. we are in the SEC. So like, yeah, which doesn't help. They still like mostly recruit in Texas to begin with, but I yeah. guess it does help. But it's still just like, I mean, I remember being at A and M and being like the outsider on my team. I was one of like two other girls out of like twenty mm-hmm. that were from a different state. Yeah. They still only recruit in Texas. I was like, I picked the wrong team. <laughs> so I, I get asked a lot, like if I could go back, if I would pick a different school. And it's such a hard question for me because I'm so grateful to be where I am now and everything I went through to get here. And it has not been easy. I mean, I, I moved here after I got divorced. Mm. So like, so I was like, I mean, I'll have people that comment like other dietitians or people that follow me on Instagram, like, Oh, Jackson hole. That looks so great. I'm like, do you know what I gave up to be here? Like it was, it has been worth it. Yeah. But sometimes I think like, where would I be if I went to Georgia tech or yeah. Alabama or Florida state or Penn state really wanted me. Mm. And I, you're going to laugh at why I said no to them. I said, Oh, I don't think I could handle the winter. i'm like well i know what a winter coat is now yeah that's so funny and i'm like that's really funny yeah it's just interesting i i I don't know i don't think i would change it i was people were shocked when i picked texas a&m because i grew up and i was such a homebody Mm -hmm. but i was a homebody because i loved the community that i was in Mm -hmm. and now that i live in jackson i feel like i hardly ever leave jackson because one we have this beautiful playground all around us and then i love the community i'm in too i have a tough time leaving as well yeah. There's always Taylor and I, I'm 27. She's 26. Um, we're right in that age where everyone's getting married and everyone's getting married. All right, in I got Minnesota. married and divorced. So what do you want to know about that? No, just <laughs> you want any wedding advice? I, I do not. I don't think I want wedding <laughs> advice, but Taylor and I, um, when we were at Turpin Meadow at breakfast, we basically planned a wedding for at, to be at Turpin Meadow. But yeah. I kept saying like, but we're not engaged yet, honey. So yeah. I, um, a man being in the South. So me and my ex-husband are actually still very good friends. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
it's easier to get divorced when you don't have children or property to divide. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in Seattle now, but I just think about like, so we were together for five years before we got married mm-hmm. and in the South, that's a lifetime. Yeah. And we were just getting so much pressure from people. And I mean, we were very, we were very much in love and like loved each other. But I'm like, maybe we should just have just told people to shut up. You know, <laughs> that's so I, hard to do. Yeah. We've been dating for, uh, it'll be four years in june okay i think yeah four years in june um so when I get that, since you're I get from those, minnesota do you still feel that pressure because i felt it in the south but do you feel it now oh yeah there's you on the I spot mean, i get asked that all, all the time and i like after our, you know we zoomed into all my, the christmas gatherings in minnesota and then my brother told me a couple days later he was like yeah you and taylor were like the talk of like at oh the gathering gosh. i'm like why <laughs> yeah he's like they just want everyone was asking when you guys are going to get engaged because uh, uh, my yeah. mom's side is super Catholic. Okay. Not like weirdly overly Catholic, but just but just Catholic. Yeah. And um, so uh, they were all thinking like, when are they going to get engaged? Because I have like younger cousins who are now like getting married, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, not yet. Like whatever. You said you're 27. Yeah. I'm going to say the, the annoying thing. You're still really young. You're yeah. also in Jackson. Yeah. So you're like just out of college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I'm like just us living here is like probably advanced from, from my age. Yeah, it is. I can't. Um, crap. I keep freaking losing these. So you planned a that wedding. Uh, that's not like, no, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh man. I just, uh, oh. I get asked like what dating is like after that. And I, I think what's yeah. really hard for me is that I, re- I was with somebody and it was really good. And there was that investment there and you mm-hmm. push through the uncomfortable thing that comes from when you start dating somebody more than five months. And I feel like here people don't really know how to do that beyond. Are you good at adventure partner? Cool. I cannot tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is funny. Any girl that is on hinge or Tinder is so sick of seeing a dude with a fish that says he's <laughs> looking for his ski partner or his adventure partner. <laughs> Shove off. I'm sick Shut of seeing up. it. Like I'm not going to swipe left or whatever. Yeah. Swipe right. I'm not going to swipe right if I see that. I'm going to be like automatically, nope. And it's, like, it's so funny. Yeah, guys, have a little bit more depth than that. Like, yeah, I'm you like, are awesome, not cool. Just your I'm looking for adventure do. partners too. That doesn't mean I want to date you. Yeah. <laughs> Show me something more. Yeah. Oh, I figured out what I was going to say. Um, ta- both Taylor and I's parents got divorced. My parents got divorced and yeah. they married each other. Yeah, like, mine and later. it was yeah. first grade. First grade for me, and then they're both remarried. And then her was like in uh, in college. They both got divorced, or they got divorced. So we've actually talked about it. Like we really want to like, we really don't want to like make our kids go through divorce because right. we've been you through, through it. it. And like yeah. we're like really would rather date for longer because not like there's this weird misconception that you know if if let's just say a couple a couple what two couples have been together for six years yeah one dating for all six one (laughs) married for three married uh, dating for three you know yeah it's not like they they might be the same each other yeah like you still get to be with the person you love yeah it's just like not with a ring and like the legal yeah Yeah, drug accounts and and if you're religious like that's a whole part of it too but it's like where you can still be together for a long period of time and like really make sure this is the person that i want to spend like yeah. connect legally too yeah yeah I know. right yeah it's like and and i keep telling i tell my, my mom has like been in my ear because she's she's religious and yeah. she's like you know when taylor and i moved in together she was like well i don't really support this because you're not married i'm like yeah but like what do you want us to do two rents dad, dad got divorced yeah. i don't want to yeah, like, get divorced. I know, right? yeah 
So I want to figure out what it's like to live with this person, build a home with this, not actually, not like construct, yeah, but, but to like build a life, build a life. Them. That's yeah. what I wanted to say. And like, how does it, you know, how do we work out? Like when I'm a little bit messier than her or like, how do we work out? Like, <laughs> it's kind of nice. You get that stuff out of the way. Like it's, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, like, so like, mom, maybe if you and dad had lived together for a little bit longer, you wouldn't be divorced. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? My parents met each other. My dad went to law school at Mercer in Georgia mm-hmm. and in Macon, Georgia. Like, um, Macon. But they met each other when they were married to other people. So it sounds like this scandal. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. kind of like, oh, <laughs> no. Um, so my mom's first husband was a third year law student. And my dad was a first year law student. And it was kind of like the mentor and like the young like first year kind of role it's getting juicier yeah so like actually my mom and my um her, her husband like invited my dad and his first wife over for dinner one night so they like knew each other huh. but um after my mom's first husband graduated like they ended up moving to dc so they moved away or whatever and then both couples i think my dad and his ex-wife lived in atlanta for a little while and then both couples got divorced separately ended up in dalton georgia and I think they worked out at the same gym and my dad was like, I always thought she was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I really like when they talk about that time, uh, a few weeks ago, my dad said, you know, Eden, one of the favorite things I loved about your mother was that she wasn't like all the other Southern women. She was mm-hmm. so unique and she rode horses. And my mom, when she talks about that time in her life, she was a sales rep for this company called Lorillard. But before she did that, she drove a tractor trailer. No. She got divorced and then she went to tractor trailer. Like she went, she trained how to do that. And then she hauled Budweiser beer and Marlboro cigarettes throughout the country with her border collie. And like, she was this like beautiful bombshell, like driving yeah. this tractor trailer. And I'm like, I love these stories. And then, That's you know, so they badass. ended up in the same town and then they got married and they settled and all that stuff. But I like, I love hearing about the stories of who they were after their divorce, before they married each other. Yeah. Because they were in such different paths. And my, my dad was kind of like a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. I think he like drove an Audi in town. <laughs> he was like, you know, an attorney. He was young. He's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like 6'4 and he yeah. had beautiful blackish hair. And it's just they were such different people. And I remember there was one New Year's where I got like me and my ex-husband sat them down. We like made them black eyed peas because it's what you do on New Year's. Mm-hmm. And we just got them to like talk about their story and who they were. Mm-hmm. It was so great. Yeah. And Sometimes now when I'm talking to my parents and they're getting on the political realm, we do not agree. I'm like, mom, tell me about this time when you were driving to wherever, you know, like this thing happened. Mom, tell me about the good old days. Tell me about this. Yeah. Tell me, (laughs) how did you handle this situation when you were my age? And it's, it always like the conversations are way more memorable that way than just talking about the political climate. Yeah. Current (laughs) events. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I noticed you don't really have an accent. No, I don't. Oh, I love talking about that too. It's always so fun. So why don't you have an accent? So I did have one when I was really little. I had one. Uh, My mom is from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So she has the Southern debutante accent. And then my dad is from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. So he's got the Bama boy accent. Mm -hmm. And then... Could you do an example of either of those? No, I can't. I I try to and it just comes out fake. It doesn't sound right. (laughs) Now, if I've had a couple beers and I'm on the phone with my mom... Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think growing up, we actually ended up changing schools a handful of times. We lived in the same house, but we were going to the public school in Cahutta, Georgia, and the classes got too big. Mm-hmm. And so we went to, which is so funny because it's a tiny town, 500 people and our classes were too big. Now I think about that. I'm like, like how many o- kids are there? 35? Yeah. Like, I think that's what it was. There were only two classes and there were like over 30 kids or yeah. something. And so, um, we ended up moving to a private school in Dalton really small classes, like 15, 16 kids, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, accents were slightly different in, 
Dalton, the city, then mm-hmm. Cahutta, the <laughs> rural area. And then we, two years later after that, we moved to another private school in Chattanooga and the Tennessee accent slightly different. Mm-hmm. And I think my brother still has an accent. I just never really latched on. And mm-hmm. then a few years after that, we started going to Dalton public schools mm-hmm. and I just <laughs> didn't really grab onto one. And then in high school, I started taking German. Mm. And sometimes when you are either in choir and you have to sing in different languages or you have to enunciate certain words, mm-hmm. you might not have as strong of an accent. Um, and then taking that foreign language, it just started to slowly disappear as well. And so when I got recruited out of Seattle at the national tournament when I was 16, we were getting ice cream at Cold Stone and I was like ahead of my parents. And I said, yeah, those are my parents over there. They're like, we heard them talk. There's no way you're their child. <laughs> um, and then I went to college and, you know, the Texas accent is different than the Southern accent in Georgia. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I really noticed how different it was, like how long they announced, like pronounced their eyes, mm-hmm. like, like Highland or something. I'm trying to think. Like, I would say Highland. Mm-hmm. Like, Highland. 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 You it's know? more like, yeah, it's more like an A. Or Pan. Yeah. Like, versus pine yeah pine like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> um and then yeah i took german in college and it's just like never been there since yeah so i, I kind of really love that now if i'm sitting on like a lift or i meet somebody in town or they're like you're not from georgia i'm like yeah i am yeah <laughs> do have you noticed my accent at all no not really good i think so the minute so the minnesotan accent is like long o's right yeah like how do you say about about okay no, I mean, we're not like can- slightly there about. We're not Canadian. No. But we sound kind of Canadian. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I had roommates. I went to college in northern Minnesota. So I had roommates from like really north Minnesota. Yeah. And Joe, shout out to Joe if you're listening. He had the worst Minnesotan accent. You can. He's from like the the the, um, the Iron Range of Minnesota, which is like basically just a pocket of Canada. Okay. <laughs> and it's like iron. It's uh, iron mines everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of have noticed that I think that's wearing off living here and I'm getting a little bit of something else. And yeah. I can't tell what. I think I have an accent here. I don't know what it is either. I think I, I just kind of morphed to whoever's around me. It's really funny. I had a girlfriend that lived. She doesn't live here anymore. She lives in LA. Love you, Liv. Anyway, um, Liv. she is from New Zealand. Oh. But she, her husband's from England, but mm-hmm. she also lived in New York for a while, but she grew up in Seattle. And so she actually morphs to people's accents. Yeah. But I mean, she definitely still sounds like a Kiwi, yeah. but it's just so That's funny. That's one of my favorite accents. Yeah. Have you seen, have you seen, uh, like I hope they just type- had a little girl and I hope that their little girl, Ava has the same accent because yeah. he, he's British and then she's Kiwi. So oh, she'd have this funky. cross between yeah. them. I was like, oh, that'd be so cute. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen like the director Taika Waititi talk at all? No. They, they like, for some reason in a lot of their accents, they have like a higher pitched voice than you would think that would come from that person. Yeah. So it's funny, like he, they have that accent with like, you know, how it sounds, but it's like a little bit higher pitched. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I will say what I can do. So I did, I used to work at Made in town mm-hmm. and I met so many people working there and I actually really liked seeing where people were visiting from and I could usually pick which state somebody mm. was from. I could pick Carolina I like that game. or I could pick Alabama or Texas. Like they just stick out or Oklahoma. Like they all have different ones. I'm like, mm, let me guess. And that, that yeah. was always really fun. I like playing that game at the resort. Based yeah. on, like, I go based off Based of on their ski style? Ski style, <laughs> stature, yeah. and, like, their outfit. Okay. Like, I know first pretty pretty easily overweight Midwest. <laughs> like, you're like, yep. that's those are my friends in Wisconsin yeah. and, and Illinois. It's beer and cheese, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> beer, cheese, and potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Go pa- I'm a Packers fan, so go yeah. Pack Go. <laughs> NFC Championship game on Sunday. Everybody, everybody be locked in, drinking only Wisconsin <laughs> beer. I'll be... Man, I think, yeah, my friend Mike, he's the athletic director of the high school. 
I think I got to go for the pack too. Yeah, wait, I, Mike, would, I don't want to just. What's Mike's Mike? Mike Hansen. Mike Hansen. He's a big brew pub dude too. But like, loves it there. I definitely know. Mike. You know him. At, you I'm do. At, yeah. I mean, Packers fans, you stick together in Jackson. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. yeah, you definitely know him. Um, and then if anybody, like, if any, if the people at the resort, if they're wearing like brand new <laughs> like patagonia outfit or yeah. even like an arcteryx what about outfit? arcteryx yeah i feel yeah. like that one sticks that's out. that's like that like tells me like east coast i was like gonna say like vermont maybe new york yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah. yeah and then if you're wearing like the ski bunny suit that's Ooh. like an la yes yeah i would agree with that like because pe- people who actually like have been in the cold know that those may not be that warm because they're not that quality yeah so they're like la oh it just looks cool you it, know it's so funny i'll like I know this is kind of probably bad form, but I'll take little sneaky videos of women that are wearing those. <laughs> yeah. And I love to do like the Instagram polls. Of, like, could I pull this off? Yeah. <laughs> or would you wear this? Yeah. And like, it's actually funny. Like most of the time people are like, yes, I would wear it. And yes, you could pull it off. And I'm like, but like you said, it's like, I don't want to go in the trees in my fancy yeah. outfit that has like, I don't know. I don't want it to get ripped. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm like, I don't want to wear that. I'll yeah. just, I wear like Arcteryx jacket and like Arcteryx pants that I got on sale from the summer sale at the village, yeah. you know, and then, you know, they're usually like 400, 500 bucks. I got them for like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or the people I like to play to the game of, um, where is that person staying in the village? Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't played that game. No, that's a fun one because I grew up. So I grew up in uh, like 2003 or something. My, my dad and stepmom bought some weeks at the Teton club. Okay. So we've been coming here since then. And that's, that's how I was got my, how I got my connection to Jackson. I can tell you how I got to Jackson after you finish this. Yes. It's yes, please. And, um, we'd always see like the snobby folks, like with the fancy <laughs> gear. We knew where they stayed and yeah. it's like, it's not, it's, um, so funny growing up skiing to me was the snobbiest sport ever. Yeah. Cause I'm from the South. Like nobody mm-hmm. skis in the South Yeah, and it is the snobbiest sport ever. Anyway, keep going. It is. Yeah. Maybe like polo might be more, but there's not a lot of polo <laughs> fans out crew, there. Crew. Like crew. actual crew. Yeah. Definitely. When they're, yeah. When they're racing on rivers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like at, like at MIT or something. Yeah, exactly. For some reason, I always England. connect like crew to <laughs> MIT. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like see to me like, I connected to Ivy League yeah Ivy League schools yeah there's probably like a movie or something like maybe the Social Network I think has something like yes that. they do yeah yeah because the guys in that are crew guys yeah the, the, yeah. the Vander the, the twins the Vander the two, yeah it's our twins. Army Hammer who's not a twin that they yeah. made a twin yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah we'd go around and be like oh I wonder where they're staying at and then I started making a game out of it because yeah so it's like anything did you ever ask the... did you ask them where they're staying no usually don't funny if you did if you're funny if you would be like. Oh yeah, I was right. <laughs> or like, you, yeah, you hear him on a lift, and you're like, okay, I guess this, and they're like, yeah, you know, we were down at the handlebar, and oh it's my like, gosh. that's mostly where it comes from because it's yeah. hard to tell other places that they could be staying. Yeah, because all the places are very nice, but there's yeah. some that stick out. Yeah. And then I like started calling, um, like basically the Sweetwater Gondola and like Casper, like their area, like mm-hmm. that was built up for them. Yes. To get them to be able to go up high in the mountain mm-hmm. but not really do not anything, as high yeah but not really be anywhere <laughs> yeah right they call it what do they call it right in front of casper is um the casper beach or yes something? yeah yeah but i feel like that's just like for spring skiing you can like lay out and be like oh yeah yeah um yeah so yeah so, so how did you get to how'd you get to jackson when i was i the, i first heard of jackson hole when i was four years old my dad came out here in 1994 mm-hmm. for jerry spence's first ever trial lawyers college and now they've, I mean, I think they've had over, uh, how long ago was that now? Like what, 26 years ago? Yeah. Around then. Yeah. Um, 
So he came out for the first one. It was about a month long. And you know, in a four-year-old's mindset, is like, my dad's never coming back. <laughs> he left me for the West. <laughs> um, so my mom came out to visit him for the last week of that. And I was like, she left too. They're never coming back. <laughs> you know? um, but they brought back all these amazing pictures from here. And I mean, I was like, I can't believe you didn't take me. You know, <laughs> um, They came back in 1995 for the first year anniversary of it. And my mom even says to this day, she goes, Eden, there's only like a handful of vacations where I really just actually no, there is no vacation that I really felt like, Oh, I, you know, I can't wait to get home or whatever, except for Jackson hole. I did not want to come home. I wanted to move. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Okay, makes sense. Yeah. And then when I was about nine years old, we took a family vacation. It was me and my grandparents, my parents and my brother to Salt Lake, Park City, mm-hmm. Lake Tahoe, and Reno. And I just remember like, I fell in love with Park City. I was just like, why do we live in the South? Oh, and um, uh, Truckee, Truckee, California too. Like, I was just like, I don't know why we live in the South. Look at this. This is mm-hmm. great. And you know, in the summer, it was just so much more pleasant than the South. And I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the first time I visited Jackson, me and my ex-husband had just gotten married or we were, we were planning our honeymoon. Mm. And we were going to go to Hawaii, like most people do. You go to a beach, whatever. And it was November. We were planning it for November of that year, 2016. And it was just expensive to go to Hawaii. And I looked at Jackson, have never been here before, mm-hmm. and it was half the price. November, you know, off season. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to ski, and I didn't really, we didn't really do any like the summer things that people would do here. And so off season was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was half the price. We visited here, and I was just like, oh no. This is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know? And so on our honeymoon, I was like, so when are we coming back? Like automatically just like, when are we coming back? Mm-hmm. And we came back six months later. I had actually just quit my job as a clinical dietitian. I was really burned out. And my ex-husband said to me, he's like, Eden, you light up when you're in Jackson and no one will understand that. Like where we live, unless they actually visit you here and they see it, mm-hmm. you're different but this is the version of you that I fell in love with. Like you are alive and you have this light inside of you and I haven't seen it in years. Mm -hmm. So just move there for the summer. You just left your job, go work somewhere, go print off your resume and get a job. And I did like Mm -hmm. on my vacation six months after my, I got married. And so I got a job like, and I moved here and worked that summer and I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And wasn't working as a dietitian. I was just meeting people from all over the country, working at Maid and just enjoying my life and hiking. And I was just like, I don't think I ever want to go anywhere else. And so the plan actually was for him to come up here after like a certain amount of time. And um, what happened was we grew apart. Like it happens and Mm -hmm. we just couldn't come back together, but we tried. Um, And then when we separated, I was like, well, I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really looked back. It's not been easy, but I love it here. Yeah. And... I'm willing to invest to stay. And that's what people that like look at Jackson, like don't live here. They, they should understand you do give up a lot to be here mm-hmm. and it can feel like a trap and it mm-hmm. can feel like a bubble. Mm-hmm. But other times when you just get to go do a glory lap on a Tuesday, cause you feel like it, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is awesome. So I might, let's say like, like yesterday morning, I had a phone call with a client in Florida and then I went skiing and then I had another follow-up call with a client here, but like it was a video call. And then I had another call with somebody else after that who had just moved here from New York. And this is really funny. This is hilarious. Marketing. You're going to laugh at this. (laughs) It made me laugh. One of the first questions I ask a client is, how did you hear about me? Because now it's getting to this point, like it could be a podcast. It could be social media. Yeah. It's like Tinder tinder i was like what (laughs) and um he said i saw you and i was like actually i was talking to my roommate and she follows you 
Mm. And so I was telling her some of the issues that I have. And so I called you. And I was like, that's great. Because I was literally going to, I was like, I'm going to delete this. Tinder for business. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I'm really open to anything right now with COVID and everything that's going on. I just don't think I'm really in the right place. I need to focus on myself. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, maybe I'll keep it. It's marketing. Just put in like your like business photos in there instead. Of, like, yeah, instead of, but I'm like, no, maybe. I mean, like, I think I have a couple from like modeling in there, but I'm like, this is really funny. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I mean, I first heard of Jackson when I was four. And That's then I awesome. visited when I was 27. That's a great story. I, I felt when uh, I felt the, I wonder if Taylor thinks that the thing that your ex-husband said about like lighting up when you're here yeah, and how that's different than most other people. I wonder if Taylor thinks that about me because I was definitely pulling her here. Yeah. Or like. Yeah. I kept being like, come on, let's, let's just do it. Yeah. It's hard to move somewhere without security in the South. We're told not to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We were like trying to, we were like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to try to live in the mountains, but like, where is it like, you know, somewhere near Denver? Is it like Salt Lake city? Is it park city? We like looked, we actually went to park city for a week and yeah, um, just wasn't really like the vibe we, we liked. I like Park City, but I only remember it as a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's actually like anymore. Yeah, it's really fun. Like the like the Park City downtown is like super cool because there's a lift yeah. that goes right into downtown. I do kind of remember that. Yeah, but not really. Yeah. It was also summer when I was there, and they were building the 2002, yeah, the 2002 Salt Lake Olympics. You know, they yeah. were there. They were building all the ski runs and everything, so it was kind of cool to see that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, but then and then we went to like Ogden, which is a suburb kind yeah, of, yeah. of Salt Lake. And I've driven like, through that. Yeah, this isn't really. We don't feel like this is our spot, and then. A friend here was just literally like, why don't you guys just live in Jackson? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> he knows that I love it. And we were just like, why don't we? And then we like kind of, we we're trying to figure out like the money, like obviously Jackson's expensive, but it was kind of, I hear, I'd heard it for so many years. It was just built up in my head that was like unattainable. Mm-hmm. But then I, I was thinking like, okay, all these, these people that I know or like the, the, char- the uh, rather the, like the character that I know of jack people yeah jackson. like the, the typical jackson bra or girl or yeah whatever. like yeah. okay they're working at a bar they're working they're they're tuning skis they're doing whatever all they're, these odd jobs yeah, yeah and like they can afford to live there yeah and i am in financial technology sales and you're <laughs> a nurse uh, a labor and delivery nurse full-time like we can probably do that we can probably figure this out yeah like some version of that and uh we basically just put it, we just said like, okay, we're moving to Jackson. Now what? And then we, Taylor needed to get a right. job here. So she got a job at St. John's, which was sick. Yeah. Um, and then it was like housing, because the thing, you you know this probably too, like yeah. you can't get housing until you have a job lined up. And you can't get a job until you have housing lined up. Unless you have word of mouth and you have friends who help you get housing. Yeah. That's how I got my housing. Yeah, we didn't. We found, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't get scammed on this. I don't even know. But we found like a random Facebook ad Yeah. for a short-term lease um you know like down the road north of calico there's mm-hmm. like an open lot with two brand new houses on it yep so those are brand new Bef- we we lived in like a modular home on there for like a week yeah it was like gonna be like three weeks and we're like we'll just get out here we'll find something we'll figure it out um and the week we moved here my my dad and her dad helped us move here um like drove out with us yeah and the week we moved here, her dad found this listing for something on Saddle Butte. Have you been oh, up there? nice. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, oh, shit, I don't know where that is. Let's go check it out. And we just happened to the timing happened to be right where we called the guy and he said, yeah, meet me up there in an hour. Mm-hmm. We were like in town. So it was perfect. 
we go up there and it's like this guest house on like two acres and the main house is being renovated so nobody's in it yeah so he's like yeah it's this and i'm like oh that's fucking expensive but it's yeah. flat it was like a flat rate like utilities included so it's like that's how okay. mine is yeah i was like okay i think we can do that mm-hmm. and if not like we'll figure it out yeah so we do that and that was a year and it was phenomenal up there and then um how'd you get this place that's a funny story too uh so taylor does see what i found is all these places are word of mouth and it's It's, like it's the barter system it's the community Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like who you know yes and i love that about jackson's how it's where i grew up that's the same type thing i'm like i love this yeah and so for people our age with like nutrition services i'm like what can we trade yeah because i know that like my big price bartering, we've talked about like, this on the what podcast can we trade there's a big bartering <laughs> thing in this town yeah like, absolutely okay still uh our srb has beer i have a podcast audience yeah be beer for podcast audience. yes exactly like i'm not getting any money from them right um but yeah so uh taylor does um ivs for house call hydration yeah yeah them? yeah i do uh, because they're part of the scout guide and i just joined yeah. the scout guide as ones to watch like a one to watch yeah congrats. for the next thanks that's yeah. a that's a big deal yeah. Um, yeah. So she does IVs and uh, was giving one to our current landlord, Kate, who mm-hmm. also a scout guide. Uh, Kate Binger runs Dwelling JH. Yeah. I, I do her? know what that is. Yeah. She's a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, giving Kate an IV and they were just like chatting, like, where do you live? And it was like yeah. right at the end of our lease and we were like, hadn't found anything. What are we going to do? And it was almost like our, our tenants or the uh, the owners were saying that you can stay for like a few months if I try to find something. But I'm like, no, we want to get out now because like, the, you know, the, like the cycles of rent. It's like every, each off season has listings that open up, but there's not really rentals in the prime seasons. Right. Right. So I was like, okay, I don't want our shit to be up in the middle of like a season. I want it to be like on the sides. And then Taylor was like, yeah, we kind of have, we have the spot on Saddle View, but we're trying to find somewhere new and um, we don't really have anything lined up and whatever. We have dogs. And then Kate was like, oh my gosh. I just bought this property. So that house and this house are like all in one property. Yeah, because they had the same number. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which so one all, do I go to? They're, they're all together. <laughs> um, and she's like, and I need someone to live in this guest house and need someone to rent it out or else I can't um, afford it. Right? I can't yeah. afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the mortgage like would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Substantial. Two houses that she bought. Yeah. Um, so then Taylor was like, all right, like let's go, let's go take a look at it. And Kate, I think they, they were doing the IV either at, Kate used to live down the road and her office is that way at uh, okay. Osprey Landing. Yeah. Either way. So to, let's go look at it. And like Taylor and Kate went and looked at it in this place. And it was like, okay. And then she called me. She's like, I think I found us a place to live. It's a log cabin in Wilson. You're like, and I was uh, like is it uh, how, cool? how how many grand a month is that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then I came down here like an hour, a couple hours later and checked it out. And I was like, this is freaking insane. This is the spot, man. And yeah. then I was like, we had one other lead in a house like way south of Wilson, like out there. And I was like, I'm just going to go check this out. And then if, if it's not, it's not perfect, then we'll, we'll get, tell Kate we're in. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, just, it was not good. Not what we were looking for. So I was like, all right, Kate, we're, we want to do it. We'll sign like as soon as possible. If yeah. you can do this much a month. And then she said, yep, you, you can, we'll do that as long as you do a year commitment. And I'm like, yes, right. we would probably yeah. do seven years, but let's do it. Let's start with a year. Yeah. And Kate, like her parents or one of her parents was a veterinarian. So she was like super cool with the dogs and just said like, nice. Hey, be responsible. Like if something happens, that's, like, what's, that's why I don't have a pet. I'm yeah. like, 
it's hard to find a place where you yeah, can have like a pet outside of the housing jackson's a great place for dogs but it's tough if you can't own your own house or just yeah. find the right spot yeah but so she was like yeah if something happens like i trust you guys tell me please like we'll just be like responsible and mature about this and we signed and our dogs are like four and five so they don't really do yeah. they don't really wreck no they're the house. pretty calm yeah. yeah um then we signed the lease less than 24 hours after meeting her that's great <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean like no i've had things work out like that here too and it you know, I was actually talking about this with my friend Dana and, you know, people ask all the time that are visiting, how much is your rent? You know, mm-hmm. And we're actually like, you know what? No one would do that outside of Jackson. That's actually quite, pretty rude, <laughs> you know, or like, oh, how much does this cost you? How much does that cost you? And you're just like, you're not really supposed to ask that, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, but like mine is comparable to if I lived in Dallas or Atlanta, the places I lived before here, actually it's probably cheaper for me to have my studio apartment mm-hmm. than it would be in a big city. And yeah. I get to live here. Another, and you know, it's like really interesting. It's we talk about how it is to live here. My parents, it's so like, oh, so you're gonna make it back to the south eventually. My parents have actually told me this past year, like, don't come back. <laughs> we love you more there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, got the blessing from them. Not going back. I mean, I I go back to visit them, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like my home anymore. This feels like my home. And it's just like Definitely. what you just said. Like when you find a good place to live, when you find a good community, it kind of keeps you here. Yeah. You got the great at mountain adventures. You got friends. Like, why, why would you leave? Yeah, I'd have a really tough time, like, going, living, like, I don't even know where you could live and have access to, like, do an afternoon glory or, like, an afternoon, like, mountain bike lap on the pass. Like, yeah. Those are, like, world class yeah, spots for that activity. Right like, where else could I live that I could do that? I would be so bored and I would just lose my mind if I was just sitting yeah. in, like, suburban Minnesota, just like, oh, wait, I have to drive how many hours to get to anything to do <laughs> yeah exactly it's funny i um one of my guy friends he has he he bought a condo over in victor he is a mountain guide in the himalayas Whoa. so you know the, the best snow in the world whatever like yeah, yeah, yeah. just does the top like the best of the best when it mm-hmm. comes to mountain guiding and i was like so why'd you pick victor he said the access yeah same thing and i was like interesting he's from north carolina originally mm-hmm. and he was just like yeah the access and he's so right i mean because i i mean i hate kind of telling people this because then they automatically think i suck at it but i learned to ski two years ago mm-hmm. i'd never been on I, i'd never put my foot in a ski boot I mean, because i played a college sport yeah and i'm i promise i'm not bad i actually yesterday i skied at the resort with a former semi-pro skier and i kept up all day nice and i landed a couple jumps and i was like nice. oh my god look at this yeah but i um People are like, oh, you just learned because you're athletic. And I'm like, actually, no, it's my mindset, the determination that I have to learn. That's mm-hmm. me. But also the access. Mm-hmm. Think about it. So like, I mean, uh, if you get a grand pass in the early season when it's not super expensive mm-hmm. and you ski a couple days a week and then you go up snow king and then you start taking Avi one and you learn more about backcountry and you find good partners it's really easy to advance in something like that when it's right out your front door. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, I was talking to my ex-husband about this cause he wants to get into ski mountaineering. He goes, well, how did you kind of start doing this stuff? I was like, it's out my front door. It's consistency. Yeah. It's being able to go do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you live in Seattle, but you got to drive forever to go find skiing. Mm-hmm. It's different than I me. Mean, like I live five minutes from snow King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I live 10 minutes from glory. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then just to, the, to speak to like, the nature of that resort. Yeah. Like, if you can ski at J- JHMR, you can ski anywhere. So I learned there. Yeah. And like, I have friends be like, oh, come visit us in Colorado. And I'm like, I've been told I'll be bored. They're like, you'll be bored. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's coming to see us. Do but you like, like big wide groomers? I like all of it. I don't yeah. care. Like, I mean, like, 
Yeah, it's exactly. It's yeah. like I, I watched videos of like my friend that wants me to come visit. She's from Georgia too. We went to high school together. So I kind of love this. I'm like, we're the, the two Georgia girls out West. Yeah. Woo! Um, but I've seen videos of her skiing and I'm like, that just looks like a nice long groomed run. Yeah, it looks pleasant. It kind of looks boring. It's like, it's like <laughs> what's the movie? Like Driving Miss Daisy or whatever. Like, yeah. That's the, that's the Miss, the Miss Daisy of, of ski runs. Of ski runs, yeah. I mean, I'm at this point now, like I love it all. I love, I love groomer days. But I love powder days. Finally learned how to ski powder. That really helps. But I, I mean, some That's days. That's a big difference. Some days I want to go in the backcountry and I want that really long walk. And other days I'm like, nah, I just want a quick skin up snow king. You know, I want the. It's to me, it's like our stairmaster. Yeah. Here, it's like I just want to do that or glory and be done. And yeah. like. That's so great. So I like, I just love it all. Yeah. And so if you love something, you're also going to advance in it. And then if it's out your back door, it's a lot faster. Yeah. Like even with mountain biking, I picked yeah. up mountain biking this last summer. So my friend, John Gardner, let me borrow his really fancy mountain bike because he couldn't ride it. Like mm-hmm. it's this beautiful, like Rocky mountain altitude, like Ooh, nice bike, fancy, fancy bike. And like, getting into that is so much easier. Like I can literally ride from my garage yeah. over to Josie's Ridge and then keep riding over to Snow King and then up Cash Creek. I'm like, it's right there. Yeah. There's nowhere like that. I don't, I don't. I grew up near Chattanooga, which has some of the best trails and like climbing in the yeah. world. Oh, not the world, in the country. And I was just like, nah, not even Chattanooga. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, like I don't, I've, I've never been to Park City in the summer, but like this Park City, if you live, live like in town maybe, or like I guess. Vale, yeah. Like, it's it's different here like you know you we get compared to like other places like that because we have comparable like resorts and we're yeah. like a mountain town but it's like not really the same because like Vale is basically just their village yeah park city has houses park city would be the probably the only one you could really compare yeah it to. you know like big sky doesn't really have anything but bozeman's farther away mm-hmm. but with us it's like town is its own thing it's and a big city over the there resort. yeah <laughs> But it's because it's we're in this hole. Yeah. It gets lumped together. Um, and our access is greater. There's greater. There's like a, more spots to go to maybe because we're not just a village. Yeah. We're like a real city with, a, with, with an airport with we can go up to Togedy. Yeah. We can go art this pass. We can go down to Hoback. We can go to Grand Teton yeah. National Park. You can go to Yellowstone. All from this one little town yeah. of 10,000. That's probably... 10,000 that, that supports 5 million tourists. Right. Exactly. I mean, with that, like, even though this summer was incredibly busy this past summer, we could still find places where people weren't. Yeah. I mean, I used to love, I, I hiked Static Peak twice. Mm. One for myself and then an, another one for a friend and her brother. They wanted to go do it. And um, the cool thing about that one is that you get to the top and yeah, there's some other people up there, but like, there's no real tourists up there. No. It's like, No. They're no. not going to do that. Yeah. When, we did, when we did the middle. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it's, you know, like you zigzags up for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not, I've not done it twice. Get, too, not, so I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, ugh, God. The pain. Yeah. It's not till you get back down to the zigzags. Do we actually see tourists? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was the, the difference. <laughs> the, the cool part to notice. And they're usually going to Delta Lake and you're like, or, or they're going up the day before to hike the grand the next day. Yeah. Cause they go up Lupin Meadows, the same trail, right? Yeah. I'm like, God, where yep. did I park for the middle? Yeah. Lupin Meadows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they, yeah, they call, they, most tourists call Delta Lake the Instagram lake. I, I know. I heard this. I heard this yesterday and I was like, oh, that breaks my heart. Like, Boo. don't call it that. Yeah. There's some days <laughs> I'm like, you know, this tag responsibly thing. Oh, that's stupid. I want to show this cool spot. And then some days I'm like, 
shit, I need to do that more often. Yeah. That's what's kind of cool when people actually come visit. We, I'm sure you're like this where it's like, I don't do a lot of these things unless somebody is here that is visiting. That's why I kind of hate the pandemic because like I like it when people come yeah. to visit and I can show them some cool local spots or I can go do the things that I'm usually like, oh, that's what tourists do. But I don't usually do it. Because I'm not a tourist. Yeah, it's so, like like when the tram was open, it was like getting waffles at the top. Like yes. that was our that was where we took everybody for yeah. their first like round yeah. here. It's the first round when I I don't like as much when I have to be tour guide. It's like when the it's when I give them have, stuff to do and I meet up with them later. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> been able to do that yet. <laughs> I need to learn that because it's like because they want to do like oh I saw this cowboy bar I saw like. <laughs> you're like I, I oh can we that. go to this instagram lake i'm like yeah, we could <laughs> i guess if we want to be yeah. like waiting to take a pic to take a picture and then go back yeah. down um but it's when people get to like their second third fourth fifth time here where i can really let get yeah. them in the, 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 the cool stuff that yeah we know now li- we know living here i guess it also depends if they're visiting and it's just them or if they're coming like i had a, a girlfriend and her husband they came to visit mm-hmm. in november i think or even maybe it was like early December. I take it back like end of November, mm-hmm. early December because they were together and they were with another couple. I sent her an email before with all these recommendations. Mm-hmm. And so that way I didn't have to do all the things yeah. I could just watch her Instagram story and be like, Oh, good for you. You went to Taggart Lake. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> great job. That's a great spot. Good I job. love that spot. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, you know, I, I would recommend them places for dinner and other things. It was like, what's open with COVID. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. In the summer, it is nice to go up to Delta early mm-hmm. and beat the tourists up there. What was fun this year I went and me and a friend that lives here, she had two friends visiting from California. I know we're all like, oh, Californians. <laughs> Another but one. Um, we got up there early enough and then we jumped in Delta Lake. Ooh. And it was like really entertaining for all the tourists. Like, oh my gosh. These Jacksonites are <laughs> oh, crazy. Oh, wow, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time I'd actually uh, jumped into an Alpen Lake. And I think I jumped into like three or more after that, like on different hikes by it's myself. So nice. Yeah, I did Lake of the Crags and that one was fun and no one was there. And yeah. so I was like, I'm literally doing this because I feel like it. Yeah. And you get in and I was like, wow, it feels like a thousand knives. <laughs> but I'm awake now. Yeah. I'm ready to go down. Definitely. Cool. I'm ready to get moving. Yeah. So. Do you ever get the, um, the, uh, do you ever like when, uh, when people are like, oh, do you live here? That's so cool. You're yeah. so amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit. No well, big deal. What was cool, like when I went up to Delta this past summer, uh, the girls that were in there like sitting next to me, they were like, you know, road tripping from somewhere. Uh, well, actually, they were like students in California. And then another girl, like we showed up, her and her boyfriend there before. The two girls that were road tripping were training to be dietitians. Oh, and sick. the girl that was next to me was a dietitian. <laughs> and they're like, holy shit. How, how crazy. We're meeting a dietitian in Jackson Hole. How do you like it? What job do you have? And I was like, uh, and I had just launched my company. Yeah. And so I was like, well, talk to me in a few months. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not a clinical dietitian. I do private practice and uh, I'm an entrepreneur. And they're like, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess it is. <laughs> a lot of people forget that there's real jobs here. Yeah. Like people are just, li- we're like living lives. Like yeah. there's nurses, there's accountants, there's yeah. salespeople, there's mm-hmm. whatever. Like Lots I, I was, of small business owners for sure. Lots of small business owners outside of like, bartender ski tuner ski bum <laughs> yeah like ski instructor yeah right exactly people forget that yeah i mean it's just like i don't know i'm still i still come back to like i want i want other people to start small businesses too here like my friends that are in those jobs i'm like mm. you can do the thing you really want to do what do you mm-hmm. want to do mm-hmm. like i can't do that i'm like yes you can mm-hmm. and i keep wanting to be that encourager yeah for them because i needed it but like i think eventually i just 
saw the need and like, but I have one friend and I keep him like, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You've got the investors, you know, people you've been here for a decade. You really do it. You're passionate about it. People will believe in you. Mm-hmm. And I guess I want to be like how Chaz was for me, for him. Like, please do the thing. But it, I will give him a little bit of credit. It's hard to do like a brick and mortar thing, which is what his idea would be. And I'm like, that'd be really hard. Brick but, and mortar is hard. Yeah. But it couldn't, it could morph from more of like a conceptual thing to brick and mortar. But I don't want to give away his idea. But <laughs> it just, yeah. I want to keep encouraging people to like, if you got an idea, it, the scariest part is just taking that first step. Yeah. The ease, the, it's so much easier today than it ever has been to start a new business. It really is. Like, you yeah. don't need a brick and mortar. Nope. Like you don't even need a website. Like no. my my marketing company doesn't even have our own website. We ma- we build websites. <laughs> yeah. We don't have our own because we're like, what would like it? It would be a marketing tool, obviously, but yeah. we don't even have the bandwidth for like more clients. So we're like, yeah. we don't need to keep it keep keep it lean. Yeah, I mean that's how I am. I see like five or six clients at a time, like individual clients, mm-hmm. and then I do other projects outside of that. Yeah. Same, but I mean my website. The way that I was like, okay, well, how do I do this? Because I, I had a couple books on like how to start a business, how to start your own private practice. And of course, it was like, just get a landing page, you know, just yeah. build something. And when me and my ex-husband got married, we um, worked, we had a Squarespace website. Mm-hmm. We really hated how other couples would use the not, like it wasn't like a unique domain, mm-hmm. like, domain. And we were just like, we want this to be really seamless for people. And it was, I can't remember what our website name was, but I, I was familiar with Squarespace. And so when I was like, just I helped to actually start building the website, help me flesh out my business ideas too. Mm-hmm. And so I use Squarespace and now it looks way better than it did when I first started, but I'm still, I like evolving it and it's, yeah. it's been kind of cool. Take a look at it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So like when it first started, it was basically like, here's me, here's about me, here's my packages and here's my contact. And now it's got a blog and it's got um, additional services like speaking engagements. I like list which podcasts have been on, but it's just tetonperformancenutrition.com. kind of wordy but i spelled that wrong <laughs> you forgot the m at the end dot com but yeah and i mean i've slowly gotten like more pictures with like what i do and so i was able to add so, like that was one of the the first things of feedback that i got was eden like people need to see your face on your business and i was like other stuff don't okay. look at that it's client stuff <laughs> all right come on it's like it's wednesday i don't feel like doing this aren't you watching the inauguration <laughs> there oh, it yeah. goes. Is that on? Yeah. Um, wonder if, if wonder if anything so yeah. And happen. another thing that I've really been enjoying lately is actually highlighting more voices besides my own. So if you go to the mm-hmm. blog, the first thing that's on there is, um, I have a girl that's doing some new nutri- like intern work for me in Montana. And then I have another intern in town who lives here, but she's talking about like eating disorders and how she overcame mm-hmm. it. And so, I mean, and I'm going to have Max Martin talk about why he ever got into personal training. Like, what's the motivation there? And oh yeah, is he a... He's a personal trainer. Personal trainer versus like a physical therapist? Because yes. doesn't he work yeah. at... N- he, um, I think... Excel? He used to or something like that. Oh. But, um, no, he's a he's a personal trainer. And he okay. works out in the Aspens. But yeah, and so that one was fun. That one came from like eating locally. Like, I was asked like, what's the new kale for 2020? Because we were talking about like the last, like when I was on the torch, she was like, we were like 
Kale has this great PR team because Kale is not sexy. <laughs> so what is the new Kale? And I was like, this is it. Eating seasonally, locally, and sustainably. Like supporting yeah, your community, nice. supporting, especially during a pandemic. And then another intern wrote Ooh. that one is the benefits of eating wild game, yeah, of hunting yeah. and eating wild game because she got into that. Uh, that one I wrote off you? of, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Um, I gave a talk to the Jackson Hole Ski and Snowboard Club and it was about how coaches can impact their athletes as far as you know, preventing eating disorders or disordered yeah. eating or fueling them like based on the language that they use. And so that's been really fun, like collaborating with other people and then putting yeah. it on my website. Yeah. And so, yeah, I talk about where I'm from, what I do. And we're just, for folks who are listening, we're just going through her website right now. Yeah. Oh, and if you're going to ask like what RDLD is, I am going. Okay. To. Everybody does. So registered dietitian, the RD, mm-hmm. that's your national registration. LD stands for licensed dietitian. That's your state registration. Mm-hmm. So it's national and state. And then this is that's my of master's science. of science. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But I'm like, I, I feel so pretentious on Instagram. I'm like, oh, what are all those letters after my name? That looks stupid. Should I get rid of? It? I'm like, no, because you need that. Like it's yeah, it's part of what you you're need. Not, you're not just one of those influencers right. we're talking about. You're yeah. Definitely certified. In, this um, is awesome. And I would be remiss if I didn't say this. If you ever need digital marketing <laughs> assistance, I'll let you know. Ultimate Media Marketing is here for you. Yeah, and look at all the success we've had with Jackson Hole Stillworks. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna get there eventually. I will revamp my website when I build a little bit more. Um, one of the thing I, I just figured out how to do this, and this seems so simple, but if you go to contact, people can schedule themselves into my calendar on my telehealth platform. Yeah. Like if you click that link, it takes you to a different window where it, you can click, like you can schedule yourself, which That's saves cool. me time. We don't have to go back and forth on emails and I have my schedule blocked off to where I can do certain things. So like this morning it's blocked off. It says media appearance, Yeah, media <laughs> appearance. <laughs> but that makes a big difference. And yeah. yeah, so that's, you can either send me an email or you could just go ahead and schedule like a 15 minute phone call. Super and, cool. But yeah. Do you, do you run any Google ads? Um, I don't, not yet. I do make sure that my search engine optimization is up to par. <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. But, um, I had somebody find me, they Googled sports nutrition in Jackson and like, that's how they found me. I know her, Mary Ryan. She recommended me to the Jackson Hole Ski and Snowboard Club, which was really cool. But yep, there I am. There okay. Fourth are. on there. That's not bad. It's not bad for, for not doing any, not doing any, for not um, doing any Google ads. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just looking at this. Cause like, if you did an ad, you could have minimal spend to be on the very top. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah. And there'll be another, there'll be other ones. Like, but if you, if you, it, yeah, T-I-A-N, the people that spell it wrong all the time. And Let's see who pops up first. Uh, so I know them, but yeah, I'm probably kind of still fourth. Yeah. Freaking St. John's. I don't they know don't, if they're they have like dietitians on staff, but they do clinical work, which is fine. I mean just that uh, but yeah. they're they're trying to develop more of a preventive health program at prevent at um St. John's. But I still think I'm fourth on that one if you go down like just look. Yep, yeah, I'm fourth. Not that's bad. not bad. If we're just starting in August. No, that's really good. I, I had a client, he told me he Googled sports nutrition in Jackson and that's how he found me. Like he and his family like relocated here from mm-hmm. New York and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And I was like, Well, how did you find me? He goes, I Googled you and I was like that's amazing. So you didn't hear me on a podcast or anything. It was just, uh, yeah. And I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm first. The, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. The, the big thing with SEO is you just have to be on the number one. The first page is the first goal. Yeah. And then the second goal is to be in the top three. Yeah. As we can see. Yeah. Like the, they're listed first. This is, this is oh, that's amazing. I'm second on that one. Oh, I feel so good. Yeah. This is different <laughs> because, um, is this your, where you live? That's my mailbox. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's the, post office (laughs) so 
yeah so why this not all searches may not show this if there's not like uh actual locations yeah. in a cer for a certain thing yeah um but this is the most important you see here on the on the the first thing oh. it says sports nutritionist former collegiate athlete blah 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 and i'm like it gives me credibility so do you have a google my business set up yet i do i'm not very i, I might need help with that yeah you can help you with that. <laughs> but yeah I mean, you can you can tweak this yeah. to say whatever you want it to say oh that's cool oh, i didn't even see that right there oh that's amazing cool yeah. <laughs> you're awesome. teaching me stuff this is great that's what that's what we're here for i gave you some trail snack ideas of ones you already used trail it's fine ideas. like i mean yeah <laughs> this is great but that's actually what's been kind of fun about doing this when you go and you become trained to be a dietitian or a physical therapist they don't teach you how to do this mm -hmm. you got to learn on your own i have no marketing training I have yeah. nothing, but like i just kind of see what works and like i mean the nice thing is squarespace it makes it really easy for you to do these things you can Squarespace is awesome you can connect a google business and a google ad to squarespace and do email campaigns from it i haven't figured it all out yet mm -hmm. but that's the nice thing about it is that it's very cohesive and you can incorporate more or less you can connect a shopify account to it it's really nice so it is yeah 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 some of the pages squarespace is what still works uses mm -hmm. and uh, did you did you vote in the contest i did yeah so the way we built the one the i voted for one Awesome. Yeah. I was Steve. Like, yes. Yeah. Congrats to Steve now. Cause I don't think I've had done a podcast since that was announced. Um, that's going to be a phenomenal looking bottle. I'm yeah. excited once I get the labels in. Yeah. But the way we did that vote page, uh, Chaz saw this, like some other thing, like giveaway thing that he was involved with. Yeah. S did this the same way. It was, it was just our, it was just a shop page. <laughs> so like yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh, totally because so you, it, was, it was like you added five dollars to your cart and you donated and you picked yeah. the product so that was brilliant yeah, i actually so noticed that and i was like that's actually really good uh, yeah. yeah and they had like eight, i think 850 votes mm -hmm. and the most ever in a year before was 250 that's amazing yeah so if you see this and i mean this is that's it exactly like it's the way you pivot like it's how do you pivot page. in a yeah. pandemic that's one way that you do it yeah how'd they do voting last year um, I think all in person. Exactly. So like people that couldn't come could still vote. Mm -hmm. And they got votes from like all across the country. Of course. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So one of the things I really like about Squarespace, I totally geek out about this. It's not like looking like, oh, look how many pages I have. I look at the geography of where people are looking at my yeah. page and I've gotten some in Dublin, Ireland, mm -hmm. the Netherlands, like these random places and they all over the country. And I'm like, who the heck is looking at this stuff? And I like, but it just, it's so neat to see how it just spreads and I actually have a girl that follows me on Instagram. And yesterday she gave me a shout out. She's like, Hey, I'm in this running group in Denver and someone just recommended you to all them in Denver. And that's I was like, sick. My God, that's so cool. And yeah. it just like comes from doing these kinds of things or like this person knows you, or there's another dietitian I know down there in Breckenridge, Arielle Carlson. She's a great mountain dietitian. Like she works with skiers and cyclers and endurance runners. And like just to even like be in the same conversation with somebody like that, I'm like, it's working. I don't know how it's working, yeah. but it's working. Do you ever get <laughs> um, imposter syndrome? Yes, absolutely. Because I, like I said, I took a big break from nutrition. Mm -hmm. So I was like, do I still know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but the more that I work and the more that I discuss these things, I, it goes away. And what I, what I really come back to as a dietitian is what makes me special what makes me different than another dietitian you would work with in, I don't know, let's say Los Angeles or any other state. Like when I was in Georgia, I really felt like I was like, there's nothing special about me. Mm -hmm. But now I think about the road that I 
took to get to Jackson. Mm -hmm. I think about my athletic career. I think about the way that I advance in mountain sports and how I actually use the things that I recommend to people. And I see that they work on myself Mm -hmm. and I advance in these sports. And now I'm like, I'm not an imposter. I do the things. Mm -hmm. I do the strength workouts. Yeah. If I'm recommending a strength workout to you, it's because I know that it works. Yeah. And it's not like I'm an influencer. It's like, no, I've got the degrees and I have the athletic background and I still do all of it. And Mm -hmm. I put it into practice. That's a little bit different than an influencer. Yeah. So a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I did struggle with it when I first started. I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I realized like, no, you do. Yeah. And I think I, I one thing I remember as a dietitian, I try to keep in mind, I don't need to pump people full of information and throw out fancy words. That's not what people need. They want somebody to relate to. Mm-hmm. And I like relating to people. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. I was like, why do I do what I do? What's my goal? What's my, he was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be what I am now. Mm-hmm. Cause I get to relate to people everywhere mm-hmm. and that's, I, I found the thing. Yeah. So I think that is a fantastic way to end this podcast. Yeah. We're, uh, we're approaching two hours. <laughs> I'm um, chatty. So. No, this is good. We, I usually say on the low end an hour at least, but like yeah. I've had some that go like three hours. So yeah. this is perfect. Um, so yeah. So, uh, tell the nice people like your website again yeah. and your uh, social media handles. So I can go find you. So my website is tetonperformancenutrition.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my handle on Instagram is at garden of Eden underscore RD and mm-hmm. the RD stands for registered dietitian, mm-hmm. not road. <laughs> yeah. And then Facebook, I have my personal page or my business page, which is Teton performance nutrition LLC. Yeah. So yeah, I am. And then I guess what's kind of cool right now on my Instagram page, I just figured out how to use Linktree. So nice. it yeah, links, yeah, it links to other podcasts I've been on or the schedule to schedule a 15 minute phone call with me mm-hmm. or my about me page. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Just like little things like that. They just make everything so much more seamless. Yeah, so. I do it. I do it to uh, my business, our marketing business account, to the podcast and my YouTube, I think. But yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But I mean, I've been so I love doing podcasts. I love talking to different people. Mm-hmm. And like, this was great. They're like, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also, if you couldn't, uh, fi- can't find her, um, searching her or finding her on Instagram, text me, message me, and I'll, and I'll connect the two of you. And we'll get stuff going. Um, awesome. Any last words for the audience? I don't think so. Um, just stay active, stay positive. And one of the things I really hang on to right now is I want to be a light to others, mm-hmm. especially with everything that's going on in the world. And the way that I do that is I think about the five-year-old little version of me in Cahuta, mm-hmm. Georgia, the little girl that would like ride horses and like, you know, climb mm-hmm. trees and stuff. And I try to be somebody that she would look up to. Mm-hmm. And so I, like I think right now what we really need in our world is people to look up to. So mm-hmm. be the person that you would look up to. Definitely. It's great closing. Yeah, everyone. Uh, and go, uh, go pack some more pocket PB&Js. And go pack go. Go Pack Go and definitely Go Pack Go. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Eden.